Hello, my name is Christopher Nolan. I made The Prestige, I made The Dark Knight, and I continue to innovate cinema with the stories, the films that I present to you. Uh, oh, I'm actually uh, being given a note here from Matthew. Uh, oh, I'm not supposed to be on the show today, uh, so I guess I better bow out and uh, go see Tenet. Thank you, Chris. Yes, you were not supposed to be on the show today, but that's okay. You are always uh, welcome here on the podcast. That is just fine. So, folks, we are here for another week's episode of Movies with Matt. I'm so woo, I'm so excited to get to today. So, before we get going, there's no outside sponsor, but I am my own sponsor once again this week. Tiger Blast Apparel. It's the clothing company I just launched recently, if you haven't heard already. And it's designs, it's clothing focused on the things that we love. They're things that mean a lot to me, and hopefully they mean a lot to you too. From movies to, to vinyl and music to video games and, and even more, we have a good amount of shirts on the website already. We actually just launched a couple hats recently that look dope. And we just put our first hoodie out there because it's hoodie season. I get it. It's, it's, it's getting chilly uh, in, in many parts of the country. You're like, need to get all cozied up. These, these hoodies, I'm telling you, they look so cool. They're so comfy. You're going to want to snag one up. So what's the best way to do that? Go on to tigerblastapparel.com right now. Use the discount code MOVIESWITHMATT10 and you get 10% off your order. So you can jump on and be like, I want that hoodie in my life. And you just put in the cart, you little clicky clack at the keyboard, tap on the phone, the discount code, you get 10% off. And a uh, big pro tip, if you sign up for the Cool Cat email club, you find that on the front page of the website. That's where you actually get like first word, first dibs on the new stuff coming out. And you get special discount codes only available to the members of the cool cat club so go ahead jump online sign up for the club use the discount code movies with matt 10 today on tigerblastapparel.com and you're not going to regret it and hopefully soon we'll have some uh merchandise specific to the podcast so today's show i got to sit down and interview one of my amazing longtime friends jeremy who's He's just one of the coolest people you'll ever meet. Like, he's just awesome. And uh, and we recorded our interview remotely. Uh, I was able, though, to get our separate audio files and make it, it probably sounds like we're in the same room, but we recorded uh, uh, remotely because we live in different states. And, yeah, <laughs> we just ended up having so much fun today uh, with, with the show, with our interview. We just had so much to talk about that. We actually had to split it into two parts. So today's episode is going to be part one of our conversation. And then next week, you're going to get part two. So today we focus pretty much on the world of comic books and, and comic book cinema, uh, as comics are Jeremy's biggest expertise and forte. He's the co-host of the Talk and Trades podcast, if you didn't know, but we will get into that more detailed in the interview. So with all that said, I'm going to hand it off to my audio engineer, Dennis, and he is going to cue that intro music. Movies of Matt. Movies of Matt. Movies, movies, movies of Matt. 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 Well, folks... I am so grateful you're here today for another episode of Movies with Matt. 
I'm, of course, your host, Matthew Ferris, and today I have a very special friend joining me. He is someone I've known for a very long time. He is a teacher, and he has an amazing podcast of his own, and he's just like one of the coolest dudes you could ever meet. So I am welcoming my friend Jeremy to Movies with Matt, dude. Please welcome Jeremy to the show. Please welcome Jeremy to the show. Please welcome Jeremy to the show. Please welcome Jeremy. 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 Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. When is that cool guy coming in? When do I get to meet him? The cool. Oh, the cool guy. Yeah, the cool guy. The one you were just describing? When does that guy come in? He just texted me. He actually said oh, uh, he's going to okay. be an fine. hour late. So You can just fine. settle with me then. Yeah, just uh, you'll yeah. settle with me. I no, guess. thank you. No, thank I'm just you for the really it. warm introduction, man. It is, Dude, it is so course. good to be here. I love the podcast. I love you. I love like everything you do. So like I was just stoked oh when you asked gosh. me to be a part of it. Dude, uh, I just like it's the exact same to you. I was just so honored and flattered that you jumped on right away and were into it. And you're just oh, yeah, like – Oh my gosh. And you're one of the most like loving, supportive people I know. And I, I just that. love what you do too. Like, yeah, to those of you who don't know, he is one of the hosts of the podcast Talk and Trades, where him and two other great friends of ours, Jonathan Grubb and Matt Spina, dive into the deep world of comic book knowledge. And it's That's just right. an awesome show. We're three white guys talking about comic books. We have cornered the market that was ever- – no one talked about comic books, especially three white guys. No one talked yeah. about it. So we no. were like, hey, let's jump in on this. And – oh, wait. What's that? Oh, hold on. I'm getting something from my producer. Oh, A lot uh, of people do that, and it turns out it's an already saturated market, but we have fun. Uh, oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, oh, dang it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was banking on that. That you guys oh, were breaking shoot. ground, so shoot. Uh, I'll just I'll edit that out later. I'll yeah, we'll that's edit fine. Produce absolutely, but, yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah, that works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it's but in all seriousness, like that we just started mm-hmm. that podcast for fun, right? It was it yeah. was an excuse for John and I to sit down weekly and talk to each other and mm-hmm. to talk about comic books. He was a big Marvel yeah. guy, I was a big DC guy. We're like, hey, let's mm-hmm. share our knowledge, let's let's expand that a little bit, and that's how it started. That was six five six years ago and that's we had over 11 11 000 listens which isn't a ton but like we're super Dude, proud that's of that. still a big deal that's 11 000 people yeah, man. like seriously absolutely you should be proud episodes. of that oh, we're very very proud of the podcast let me see exactly i want to see exactly how many episodes we have 155 episodes wow. uh, over eleven thousand listens yeah we we are very much in the red for this podcast. So if anybody wants to sponsor us, we are willing to sell out immediately. Yes, so let immediately. Me know. The bigger the sponsor, the bigger the sellout, oh the better for these guys. Exxon Oil, let's go. <laughs> Exxon Enron, Oil, come on. I know you're gone. I'll Bring sell it in. out. Capital One. Guess who's abs- calling? Let's, what's in my wallet? I'll tell you. Nothing. <laughs> There's nothing. nothing. So sponsors fill their wallets right yeah. now. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was about to say, because, like, my podcast is, like, just a teeny little, like, baby. So, I feel like I'm, like, in your podcast expertise presence. And Let me tell you something that somebody told me that. a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, get out of my house. You don't live here. Uh, the second thing okay. that they told me was... Uh, <laughs> the second thing they told me was, it doesn't matter... <laughs> It doesn't matter if people listen. It matters that you're having fun. You mm. know, you don't do the podcast to become rich. You don't do the podcast to become famous because 
the people who are rich and famous off podcasts are the people who are already rich and famous. So mm. you do it because you love it. I've done mm. this for five years now. I don't regret a single thing except for maybe episode one, which is a train wreck. But <laughs> I've learned yeah. how to mix audio. I've learned how to talk on a microphone better. I've learned how to do all these things because I wanted to, not because I had to. I didn't need this, mm. right? It's not my job. Yeah. And I think that listening to your podcast, Matt, you're four episodes in. I think episode one was good. It was really good. It was mm-hmm. fun to listen to you talk one on one. Episode yeah. two is a banger. With is it? How do you, how do you pronounce his name? I don't want to mess it up. Oh, he Lasila. I believe it's Lasila. I I get it mixed up sometimes. Yeah, he is so entertaining to listen to, and the chemistry that you guys have bouncing Mm. off each other was phenomenal. Episode two, I loved the questions you asked him, and then episode three and four with Luke. I mean, that's your literal brother. So, like, of course you have chemistry with your literal brother. (laughs) You you started off on a run, man. You could have stumbled. You could have crawled. You started off running. And not only did you hit the ground well, but you're 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 maintaining. You're episode five now, or episode six, whatever it is. Yeah, it's going it's going well. The important thing is going to be: can you get to episode one hundred? Can you get episode two hundred? And I think that you have the momentum and the passion to do it without even trying. Oh my god! Wow, I think someone just bought me a first uh, first grade ticket to Compliment City because I am. Oh. So flattered by all I didn't all want that. to tell oh you, but I do have a second <laughs> job as a conductor on the train to Compliment City. Choo-choo. Oh, choo. my gosh. <laughs> I'll pay you $100 uh, and never do that again. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I will I will keep it silent for you. So, <laughs> Well, dude, I, that's, I, I really appreciate all that. And that's what I love about your podcast and just about you. Like, the passion and energy that you carry – is just so infectious and it's a part of why I was so excited just to have you on the podcast, you know, cause while, you know, I know like your full expertise is specifically in the world of comic books. Um, even on a show like this where we're, the focus is on movies, like you, you have the passion and the, the thoughtfulness to be able to go there and to, to make it fun and engaging. So Thank you. Uh, I appreciate I, yeah, that. I appreciate all that. Like that's yeah, and that's really a, why. Is this a first class ticket to Compliment City? Holy cow! <laughs> I guess we bought each other's tickets. <laughs> oh my god, we're so nice to each other. Uh, I, know. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Of that's course, very sweet of no. you to say. I, your check is in the mail for the first class lie. Oh, okay, good. Um, <laughs> good. Do you may hopefully you put the right address on there to cash. Uh, I put it to cash. So mm. hopefully that will that will work. Um, I don't know what bank you use, but it is written in uh, Monopoly uh, money and crayon. So we'll see. Okay. Legally, I'm not allowed to say the name of my bank, but um, yes, uh, Schmerst Schmational. Exactly. Schmerst Schmational. Yes. <laughs> unless unless people want to pay us, and then what's in my wallet? That's true. Dollar Shave Club. We know That's you've made right. your rounds to all the razors. others. Harry's razors. Harry's razors. Uh, Helix Sleep. I'm I'm you open. Know, seriously, come on. Audible, you sponsor everybody. <laughs> There's books about movies. <laughs> books about exactly. It, it all yeah. relates. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry that I just made you a bajillion dollars, Audible. Yeah, for real. Whatever. Bunch of what nerds over there. People who like for books. Real. Yeah, books. Who like to ew. read. Yeah. Ew. Actually, I'm sorry to all my reader, my listeners who read out there. I, I just want to. I, I, I read as well. This, yeah. yeah. I want to put this we out just, there that I have an entire tattoo sleeve of books, nothing but mm, books. So I love wow. books. So uh, yeah. I want to say that those comments are not reflective of me. Uh, I was in a bad nope. place and uh, I've yes. gone and sought out the help that I needed from my Lord and e- Savior, um, Batman. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's oh gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting Dude. episode. Yeah, I was about to say to people listen who you're listening in already. You're 
I think safe to say you're probably about to go for a ride. So yeah, or you're going to turn it off. One of the two. Or yeah, one of the two. You're just like, and I'm out. <laughs> and but uh, this guy's weird. But I mean, I guess if you could last, like, get through the weirdness when I had Petreon, I think I think you'll be okay this episode. Because if you're, I can you know, live up to the Petri episode, I'll be stoked. Because that episode is one oh, of my favorite episodes this, of, of you, interviewing. This episode's. Period. Dude, this episode you're gonna be amazing. You're both I, I, you and Petri well, we are both amazing people. So we I shall, would love to meet shall. the guy. I would love to one day meet the guy. He seems super dude. Cool. Dude, he's one of the coolest people. We will have to make it happen at some point. Like for me, he's someone who's just a great friend and uh, an amazing actor as well. Like even some a project I'm working on is uh, it's something I'm hoping to have him in when uh, nice it Very fully cool. formulates. Yes, dude. Very I even cool. feel like it's funny because I think about. Well, and we you have a direct relation with my filmmaking because we made uh, a sketch back in high school. We weren't. Oh, God, it was so it, good. It was so good. I remember. I know we had to take it down because it was a little dark, but little it dark. was. I did get curb stomped by a banana. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. uh, people listening are like, what? The they go, heck? what? By a what? What? I rip everybody were... and then I got hit, then I got injured by a banana. Exactly. But it was it had a good it had a good message to it because the whole point was you know when you're driving keep your doors locked don't just mindlessly leave them unlocked you know yes so that was absolutely was, the message that you as the writer director yes hundred exactly. percent not just now <laughs> not at all now not at all just now but dude you were so you were so good in that like I still Thank think you. I still think there's an actor an actor part of you that needs to I, be tapped in I. So I get, I think I get that um, gene in me. Still, I get to, I get that itch scratched every day as a teacher. Yeah. Um, I mm. so I introduced my students to Dungeons and Dragons. And Dungeons oh, what? And Dragons, dude, that's awesome! Oh, dude, it's so much fun. So I, I, wow. I change up the game a little bit. Like I make the yeah. the, the character sheets a little easier to use. Yada yada. Mm-hmm. But I get to do a different voice every character every every time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, all right, guys, what voice do you want to hear? And they'll throw out a voice. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that one. And sometimes they're like, yeah, <laughs> ethnic, like different voices of different ethnicities. And I'm like, yeah. ah, I'm not touching that one. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, if it's a white guy voice, like if mm-hmm. it's a, if it's a nation of people who are predominantly who look like me, I will try, mm-hmm. but I am yes. not touching like any Asian voices, any Hispanic nope. voices, <laughs> nothing in Africa. No. I don't need to be canceled. I'm <laughs> no. like, absolutely like not, not. I not respect that, that way too much. Yeah. <laughs> I respect those people way too much, but yeah. like I'm Italian. I'll do a bad Italian mm-hmm. accent. I'm Irish. Yeah. I'll do a bad Irish accent and I'll have Fair fun enough. So I get to do that acting with the kids and, and you know, and That's doing so cool. stuff like that. And it's super fun. And I always did, want to be an actor i think when i was a kid but i was too ter- i was mm-hmm. i still am i have terrible stage fright um oh what i think once i got going i would have been okay but i mm-hmm. when i was a kid i wanted to be a voice actor that was something <sighs> i wanted to do I well there's to be a voice actor really dude, bad. there's no question you could rock that out like because that that is one of my favorite parts just about especially humor and personality is just all the voices you do because it's like it's not just doing an accent but you're able to like get into character which to me is the most important important part of voice acting is like actually doing that. So yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Like the, the, when you talk about, I know that voice on the podcast, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, man, that podcast, that, that podcast, that documentary was like a, a big game changer for me. Oh, like, so you've seen people, it then. Oh, I loved it. It was, phenomenal. Oh yes. Oh, so I, good. Yeah. The woman who played uh, Rocky, she just fairly recently passed away. She was, she mm. was so, she was a legend. She lived forever, but she's in that. I'm going to look her up real quick. Um, yeah. She was a legend and she's in that. And to watch her, 
um, like get into character and like just fall into it. Yeah. But then still be able to come out of it, like and be her mm-hmm. own June Foray. What's her name? Yeah. Legend in the voice acting community to to be able to like be June again. It's like oh. <laughs> You're not just you're doing you like Billy Billy West when he plays Fry on uh, Futurama. Mm-hmm. He's like he's just doing his own voice. Yeah, like, with a little bit because those are the voices they can't st- steal from you, right? Like anybody can do like a weird Richard Nixon, right? Like, yeah, it's doable, <laughs> but no one can do your voice. So if mm. you can do a version of your voice, they can't fire you. The M- the red M M&M, and M, same thing. That's just Billy West. You can never fire Billy <sighs> West because you're never gonna have that voice again. That's so. That's a really amazing point. I didn't even fully think, realize that before. Yeah, yeah, man. It's I think not voice just about like the wild. Like, oh my! It's completely underrated. I know. I, part of me is always like, I'd love to do some voice acting at some point. But I mean, especially I just think about even too with we. You know, we were blessed enough to grow up with Batman the animated series, which is oh. you know like the best mm. Batman ever. Mwah. Chef's kiss. And it, it's Chef's funny because you yes, you think about even well. Obviously, Mark Hamill on that show. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, we grew up like, oh, he's just Luke Skywalker. That's mm-hmm. who he is. And then, lo and behold, um, well, actually, it's funny because originally uh, Tim Curry was cast yep. as the voice I was going to say. I was yeah. going to say. I, I watched the Zabia. documentary recently. I yeah. was like, yeah. And I think I forgot how many episodes they'd recorded with him. Which, five. Listen, five. Okay. Because, like, Tim Curry as Joker would be, oh, no question. So good. Incredible. So good. Like, a part of me wishes I could see that alternate reality. But they completely dubbed it over, which is good. I know. But like, it's not yeah. even like in a vault; like it's gone. Exactly. Which but sucks. you think about what like someone like Mark Hamill like brings to it, and it's just it's and it's fun watching the behind the scenes scene clips of him because I think most people think assume two voice acting is you just sit in front of a microphone and you just do the voice, and I think yeah. everyone has their kind of different styles. Like I think there's some people who are a little more laid back, but you watch someone like Mark Hamill, and they talked about like. Anytime he recorded, like, he'd have to stand, and he would, like, fully get into it, like, fully into it with his body. and it, Almost it like he's acting. This... Yeah, essentially. <laughs> Which makes sense, because he can't, you know, that's the world he grew up in, so it's like he found a way to kind of translate that specifically to voice acting. But then, you think about, like, Kevin Conroy's voice as well, though, as Batman, oh. and... Oh, my God. Now, I think he's talked about, I think when he does Bruce Wayne, that's when he's doing more of a voice, and when he's specifically Batman, it's just more... So, so he talked about, um, and he, he's, he is Batman to me. Yeah. yeah he is Batman. Me Adam too. West will always be uh, above Batman and mm-hmm. Kevin Connery will always be Batman because, yeah. uh, Batman is the character, is the person. Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. is the mask that they wear. Right. And exactly. granted in this, in this very different socioeconomic and political climate that we live in, Batman mm-hmm. wouldn't work anymore. Right. But he's never mm-hmm. going to go away because he's an enduring character. So that mm-hmm. being said. He his his mask is Batman or is Bruce yeah. Wayne. So Kevin Conroy mm-hmm. came into it as my natural voice somewhat is going to be Batman. And yeah. then when I'm not Batman, I'm going to be a little bit more cheery and a little bit more goofy and like I'm going to sound a little stupider. And it's like <laughs> you can hear that they're two different people. Yes. Like you believe that when someone walks up to Batman and goes, who are you? And he goes, I'm Batman. You're like, I have no idea who that guy is. And yeah. conversely, same thing with when he's Bruce Wayne, they're not going to see him as Batman. Because Kevin exactly. Conroy said, I'm going to take this voice acting gig and I'm going to go above and beyond and I'm not just going to phone it in and I'm going to become two separate people and play mm. them differently. He even gets to sing a song as Batman and he sings it like Batman would sing it. And that's amazing. That's incredible. It's, and it's the fun- man yeah. is amazing. He is amazing. And that and it, it brings it back full circle because the, 
Because you're just talking about that. That's the best voice is the one that's your own. You slightly skew it. And that's the genius of Kevin Conroy as Batman. Because you hear that voice and you're like, yeah, to me, like, I, I can't think of a better um, just temperance and tone as Batman. Yeah. And it's just really his voice. So no one can replace that. Like, exactly. As Batman. And it's so genius. And it's funny, too, because actually, if I remember correctly from the documentary, I think this was outside of like some commercial work. I think this is his first real voiceover gig. Like, yeah, he had that done was theater, it. theater. <laughs> yeah, theater, theater. For, well, yeah. You know where he went to school, right? No. He went to Juilliard. Oh. He's a graduate yes. of Juilliard. I think That's he was crazy. like two or three classes after Robin Williams. Oh, it's funny. My uh, my older brother, JT, his acting teacher, Diane Venora, was actually in the same Juilliard acting class as Robin Williams. So, so there you go. So kind of, yeah. Ph- phenomenal. Uh, yeah. F- so she must be incredible. Um, yeah. But from what I understand, you don't just like walk into Juilliard. So mm-hmm. he was working at a mailroom at the time. Um, yeah. Uh, he was working in the mailroom and, you know, he's doing his lines like that with them. And they're like, they're kind of like, okay, like this, this, you're into this acting thing, huh? You're he's <laughs> like, yeah, I want to be an actor. I'm be an actor. And he gets in and his, he said that the people who were working with him flipped out julie effing yard you got in they're so excited for him and he goes yeah. in and he crushes it at juilliard he's a graduate yeah. juilliard so this man clearly one was charismatic long before he was batman if he's got an mm-hmm. entire mailroom of people to care about what he's gonna go do after he leaves the mailroom that's amazing yeah. and then he goes to juilliard and he becomes batman man but yeah he he was a stage actor for a while uh for a long time and then uh, yeah. that was like his first voice acting and it's like oh Hey, you could phone it in for the rest of your life and never have to do anything again. You're going to make money off the royalties mm-hmm. of Batman. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to keep being the best Batman. I'm going to do the Arkham games. I'm yes. going to do a bunch of movies. Yes. I'm going to do Batman Beyond. Oh. Uh, he, he was in the freaking crossover event for the CW show. He was Batman. Yes. I saw screenshots oh. of that. I was like, oh, my gosh. He's my favorite Batman from the Alex Ross Kingdom Come Batman universe where Mm -hmm. Batman's all broken and he's in uh, essentially like a full body cast of like Mm -hmm. metal. And like that helps him like walk. Otherwise, he can't walk because Superman kicked his butt. Oh, my God, dude. Kingdom Come rules. I need to I need to read that. But like, oh, I will give you a list of things you need to read. Yeah, I was about to say like because that's the thing. And at some point. When I'm on your show, like I'm def I I'm someone who I love I love the world of comics, and a part of it too is because again, like we both grew up in the same generation of the '90s, so I felt like there's also just a even more natural inclination of just growing up with, especially all the different TV shows and stuff in pop oh, yeah. culture. Like, so I've always loved comic books, but I'm I'm certainly a normie when it comes to like actually diving deep into the literature. Sure. Like, there's just so much I haven't read and all that, but I I need to I need to read more. Yeah, no dude, question. anytime you want something to read, you let me know. I'll even give you my Comixology login so you can just download dude, it. Dude, uh, that would be amazing. Which is not technically allowed in Comixology for listening. I didn't say that. So for legal nope, reasons, it's it a was joke. Not, you, l- complete joke. <laughs> for legal reasons, it's a joke. Uh, Let's change joke. the subject. <laughs> subject. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah. but I but agree yeah, with no, you. Ke- yeah. Kevin Conroy, yeah. The, Top tier. Amazing that that was his first job, like real voiceover job, and he's the best Batman. I actually have his pop figure on my... Uh, do you really? I do because I have um. Well, I know I have the Ben Affleck Batman, which is pretty good. But then I found a special, um, the Dark Knight Returns Batman. Oh, like nice. the actual. It was yeah, it was yes. like an exclusive, really cool. And for some reason, I just I love that Batman. But then uh, well, we can I talk was, about the Dark Knight Returns for I know if you want. But, yes, uh, we can. We can. That'd be great. I mean, and then, but then I have Kevin Conroy Batman. Podcast. That's nice. a whole. 
whole discussion. But yeah, I have a yes. lot of Funko Pops because I'm a mm-hmm. uh, child. Me too. Uh, you're you're in welcome whole, company. Yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> the one that I keep with me at all times actually was bought by Matt, our, our mutual friend, Matt, uh, producer oh, yes. Matt of, the, of my podcast, uh, Top yes. Trades. Uh, mm-hmm. And he bought – so we have a running joke on the show uh, that when Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman came out, we were like, oh, mm-hmm. Patty Jenkins directed this. you know, And we started saying – I don't remember how it started, but it was like, oh, friend of the show, Patty Jenkins. We've yes. never spoken to Patty <laughs> Jenkins. Nothing yep. like that. Hopefully one day mm-hmm. we will because she's yes. a treasure. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada. So this joke's been running for like four years, three years. <laughs> uh, the friend of the show, Patty Jenkins. Oh, yeah, friend of the show, Patty Jenkins, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. Matt, for episode 100, bought the Patty Jenkins Funko Pop. Dude. And you, it's an audio <laughs> yes. podcast. You can't see it, but I'll take you a picture of me holding it so Matt can share it on his socials. Exactly. Um, but she sits normally right here on my microphone. So Patty Dude. Jenkins is always with us recording. That is wonderful. She Well, clearly it's she's a great wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, that's right. Put $20 in the pun jar. No. Oh. Bam, bam. I am broke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we um, need that sponsor money quick. Yes, so. literally anybody. <laughs> Anyone who's willing to, you could call into the show right now. I can list my phone number publicly if that's what it takes. That's right. Uh, the lines are open. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Nothing so far. <laughs> nope. No, no one so far. But we will keep you. We will keep you posted, folks. All right. Yeah, as we can Sounds good. Show. Yes, but all right. Well, that is a obviously kind of a good segue because. First and foremost, your biggest expertise is the world of comic uh, books. Of, of course, men's under. Of course, yes, comic yes, books. Me- comic books, not men's yes. under. under- uh, no, definitely no. not men's underoos. No, not at all. That is far from uh, Jeremy's. I don't even expertise. know why that came up. That's crazy. No, no, that's so weird. About it must have been comic books. Yeah, I've yeah, com- read a couple. Com- yeah, so you've read a couple. Read and a needless couple. to say, um, we we live in a time <laughs> where, you know. Essentially, comic book films became the new form of westerns. Where well, not become, according to Martin Scorsese, but uh, Scorsese, I love you. I love oh, you, dude. But, me too. Um, me too. I yes, think that was just. A, I think that was just uh, a, an out of date comment from a, a man who was a little disgruntled, and I get that. Exactly. Exactly. If that's, but, if that's the worst thing he says, like that's pretty good still. Yeah, I was about to say, like, if no that's one's the most offensive Martin comment Scorsese. he could make, like, and listen, comic book films are fine. They're not going to take a hit from. From no, that. they're going to be okay. But, you know, I, I think a good, so kind of a good setup then is um, a little background is when when did your love for comic books really start? Like, when did you oh boy. dive deep into it? And I'll, I'll bring I'll bring it back because it'll it'll relate to the okay. big question. Uh, my relation to comic books specifically. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when I was little. Um, so I have I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could tell that from listening to this interview. Or I'm all over the place. And I'm medicated, so <laughs> imagine me without medication. Um, I have ADHD. Um, mm-hmm. I have uh, – I don't have a specific learning disability, but I think when I was a mm-hmm. kid, I just couldn't concentrate. So mm. for a while, I was, like, really good with um, reading and stuff like that, and then I stopped. Yeah. And I also had some some very bad teachers, uh, which mm. is actually the reason I became a special ed teacher, was I had some people who really treated me poorly. And I was like, this will mm. never happen to another kid as long as I can help it. Um, yeah. But that's another story from another time. So – I was reading, and my mom's like, hey, just read something. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Books suck. I'm These are boring. She's like, what about something with pictures in it? I'm like, it's like a kid's – I'm not an idiot. She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, what about a comic book? I'm like, oh, uh, absolutely. I'll read a comic book. Because, like, I was aware of comic books. Like, I was aware of the Spider-Man movies. I was aware yeah. of, like, those things. And they were fun, and I really enjoyed them. 
Mm-hmm. But then my mom bought me a comic book, and I, I believe it was I, – I don't have the title or the issue exactly, mm-hmm. but it was a team-up. Yeah. It was a Spider-Man and Wolverine team-up, and wow. Spider-Man's crawling on the uh, – so they're in, they're in the sewers, and Spider-Man's crawling on the top of the sewer, and Wolverine's just yeah. walking through with his little Canadian self, like, watching through, like, the poop water right at the <laughs> – right at the what would be the camera at the front of the, the cover. And I'm like, yeah. this is the best thing I've ever read. And it goes on? This isn't a self-contained <laughs> story? So I started reading more and more. Wow. And in high school, so that was like middle school. Yeah. And then I got re-diagnosed. I got my medicine back, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And I, at, that, at that point, I fell in love with actual literature again. Mm-hmm. And then I had a teacher. I don't know if you remember him. Mr. Weller? Mr. I do. Yes. So he was a huge proponent of the Watchmen comic book oh in high school. yes he this dude loved the watchman so much and for a good wow. reason this man was very very intelligent he was an english teacher and mm-hmm. he was very um very intelligent and he was really up to date on political things and mm-hmm. the watchman is one of the most political books ever written Com- no question written. it's yeah. phenomenal mm-hmm. if, if you haven't read watchman read watchman so the movie's yeah. coming out the, the Zack snyder movie's coming out and he's like yeah. you guys gotta read this you're gonna love it and i'm like hey i'm going at midnight because i love this book you forced me to <laughs> force me to read this book and i fell in love he's like yes that's awesome go for it mm-hmm. let me know what you think and i come back next time like the movie's pretty good it's not perfect but it's pretty good and i still stand yeah. by that i don't care if anybody says that movie's pretty good and it is. So that like kicked off another like a resurgence of loving. Yeah. Because when I was a little kid, I'm like, oh, books are neat. Comic books are neat. Like I'll read what I can find like at the dentist's mm-hmm. office or whatever. Then I started collecting. Then I bought like mm. Civil War. Civil War yeah. was the, the the jumping off point. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. I need more of this. And I started going back and finding old volumes. And then I started doing when I got to um, college, when I got to ISU, I went to Illinois State University, go birds. Mm-hmm. Uh I found a comic book store there. Actually, I found a comic book store here in where I lived first. Then I found a comic book store there. And I was like hardcore then collecting issues, like mm-hmm. like weekly issues. And that was like from there on, it's just been an addiction. Like wow. if, you, if you ever want your kids to – parents, if you don't want your kids to get addicted to drugs, get them addicted <laughs> to comic books because they won't yeah. have enough money to buy drugs. <laughs> exactly. Both in their time and money. Like they just they, – they can't do it. It's, they it's can't do much. it all. It's too much. No. So I would Dude, say that. that's that's a really long there's a lot of shoe leather on that answer but that's my answer no but that's that's a great answer what I actually love just kind of t- like analyzing it all is there is kind of even in that a relationship between both even films and comic books like it was in conjunction like you grew up exposed to these movies but then you discover comic books for yourself and then in high school with Watchmen because ironically Watchmen was I actually have read Watchmen and actually, specifically because the movie was coming out, so it was the first like actual like graphic novel I had ever read. And yeah, what I love is like then that provoked you for Mister Weller to like, oh, I'm gonna read this and check it out. And so, um, yeah, what well, then I, reading like like reading Mouse in in high school and college, yeah, things like that. Like it was it was it, education got me into books. Got me into comic books. Not wanting yeah. to read regular books as a kid, and then wanting to read yeah. what my cool teachers were reading. Yeah, made me love it more. No, that's so cool. I yeah, I love how that is. Yeah, more than just like it because it's such a passion. But at the same time, it's been what seems to be like a a very therapeutic outlet for you has been through oh, comic yeah. books, which oh is so God. cool. And to me, like yeah, and I I'll I'll, I'll jump on you in that bandwagon with uh, the Watchmen film. I I would agree it's actually pretty good. It's, it's not. It's, it's, it's okay. not the most. Yeah, it's like you know, listen to. To live up to like what the actual graphic novel is like is a really big undertaking and yeah yeah like the, it's not as though the movie is like this new masterpiece that 
does the most perfect. It's also been a long time. I'd have to rewatch it to really see kind here's, of what my perspective here's is. Here's the now. one criticism with that movie that I agree with. Mm-hmm. It makes everyone likable. And the point mm. of the Watchmen comic book is you're not supposed to like any of them. They're mm. all very bad people. And that's, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. The comedian mm-hmm. is a garbage person. Dr. Manhattan is so detached from humanity that he doesn't mm. stop simple murders. Uh, Night Owl is uh, – Night Owl, Dan, is like your only character you can kind of relate to. Kind of like but the most he... – yeah, the most likable yeah. in a sense. But yeah. even he just stands by when bad things happen. None mm-hmm. of the characters are good. The Zack Snyder movie makes them a little bit more likable. Rorschach especially. Rorschach – is a horrible person, should be condemned, is a bad guy, mm-hmm. but that movie makes him cool and edgy, which he is yeah. not. He's not cool yeah. and edgy. No. That's and the I think one criticism of, I can agree with. Yeah, and I think it kind of relates to, if I remember correctly, and again, I'd, it's been so long, I'd have to rewatch it to have like a, a better, fuller, confident answer now, but I, I think it kind of relates to the, the biggest note you can make about the movie is that what Zack Snyder excels really well in is very much the stylistic surface level stuff. Like in terms of the style and look of the film compared to the comic book, like it is really impressive. And I thought really engaging to watch, but then the flip side of it too, is in terms of, you know, some of those characterization choices and even some of the kind of subtext that's going on in the book is lost in the movie. And I think it's, you know, a part of it is just, I think Zack Snyder's approach. And again, they have to condense it down so much. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't make it into the movie. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and it so, has to, yeah. yeah, but I, I still enjoyed watching it and I, what yeah, do you, what is, watch it so again. you're a, you're a movie guy. What is mm-hmm. that? What is the person is a director of photography? So the director is the director. They don't look at everything. But does a, does a DP mm-hmm. kind of like, can a, could a DP have a style? Totally. Yeah. And it depends on the pro. Yeah. Essentially like the director, you're like the heartbeat of the film. So you're the person who, um, you know, you're kind of imparting the vision you have onto your DP mm-hmm. and the rest of your crew. And really your job ultimately is to be the protector of tone. And you're the person who, especially on set and in editing, you're kind of the person you make the final yeses and nos. So sure. then when it comes to cinematographers and it depends, you know, some of them like, ironically, I feel like Ro- even someone like Roger Deakins, who's done like all the Coen brothers films, he's done Blade Runner 2049. He's done so many films. Um, I would argue he has a style, but he's almost kind of someone where it's like, he doesn't want to make the audience aware that the camera's even there. He wants it okay. to be kind of this like absent presence. But then at the same time, uh, I even think about cinematographer, other cinematographers, like, um, okay, I'm thinking of someone who really lets their style stick out. Um, but I guess in general, like David, is it David Klein? Maybe David Klein. Dave Klein. He's the viewers. He's the Kevin Smith guy. Oh yes, yes. Like I, yeah. Cinematographers certainly do have a bit because they're the ones actually, um, you know, working with the director and what the shots are going to be. But they're the ones really, obviously, crafting the light and craft mm-hmm. and, and a part of crafting the style of the film. So they can certainly have. They certainly do have a big influence in how it looks. I'm just wondering if he could have done. You know, if he, if Zack Snyder could be, rather than being the director of certain movies, could be the DP of certain movies, where he could still get that style across and still do that stuff where, where he doesn't have it's to have characterization. That's an interesting point. Um, it's possible. Not that I want to tell the guy what to do. I'm just thinking. No. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm not someone that, I, I, you know, there's a lot of people who jump on a Zack Snyder kind of hate train. I, I don't fall in that camp. Um, and I, because I, I do enjoy overall watching the movies he makes. There's certainly some better than others. But I would say, 
he is at least to me someone who's more style over substance and i don't even mean that in a negative sense like to me it's like he clearly has a very specific style he goes for and Mm -hmm. that you know takes the forefront more at times um yeah, be interesting. I, I think it's funny you said that, though. I'm, I'm trying to remember back. I think I might have almost <laughs> had a similar thought some years back. I'm just like, wondering, you know, because like, Sucker just... Punch is another one. <laughs> Sucker Punch looks great, but it's not a good movie. No, I haven't seen it. And from like the reviews and stuff I've watched, I've just You're good. Seen, You're like, good. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> I'm good you, to Watch a trailer. Watch the trailer. You've trailer. seen the whole movie. Exactly. So <laughs> it would be funny for him just to make the foray over to uh, just being a cinematographer. But, yeah, you, you know, never know, right? Exactly. But, you know. Obviously, now he has the Snyder Cut coming out as well. So, so I'm very much um, complete and utter trash for that. Uh, that is right <laughs> up my alley. No, so, yeah, I was I'm about to say, that. yeah, because for I don't know what you thought of the original film. Um, okay, I guess the, let's if part let's, of, let's unpack that, Matt. That's a good question. Yes, let's unpack it. Yeah, but in order to unpack it, we got to go back to Dawn of Justice, Batman versus Superman. Okay, yep. <laughs> so Batman versus Superman comes out, and I'm like, "That's fun. I enjoyed that. It wasn't good, <laughs> but I liked it." Then yeah. the Ultimate Cut comes out, which is three mm-hmm. hours long, and I'm like, "This is amazing." So mm-hmm. here's the thing: the uh, the original movie, the one that was released theatrically, the theatrical version, yes, the theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. Amy Adams plays uh, Lois Lane, and she's in it like boom, boom, boom. And you're like, "What? Well, that was useless. Cut her out of the film." Yeah. No, you're wrong. Because the ultimate cut has her entire plot line in it. And it mm-hmm. makes way more sense to have her whole <laughs> plot line in it. But they were yeah. like, oh, you can't do a three-hour movie. And then Peter Jackson's like, that's so cute. Hold my beer. I'm going to do three <laughs> of them. Yeah. And it's like, yes, you can do a three-hour movie. People like three-hour movies because they're getting what they paid for. Keep yeah. Amy Adams' whole story. So when Justice League comes out, I'm like, all right, good. He's had some time to work on this. Unfortunately, he had to leave the project because of the death of his daughter. Horrible. Which, but, horrible yeah. but that Joss Whedon guy knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I watch the movie and I'm like, I'm enjoying this because I'm a huge nerd with a Batman and a Superman tattoo. But mm-hmm. I know this isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I, so I enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. I'm very excited for one cohesive vision to happen. With yes. You. Even if the Snyder Cut sucks, at least it's a cohesive vision. You know, that's you're going to exactly what I think. Because it's, yeah, when I saw the Justice League theatrical cut, it was not, uh, yeah, good. The, the greatest film. It's, um, it's not and, good. And, and a part of it relates to, it's when I watched it, you feel and see so clearly how reshot, recut, and reshaped that movie is that... It's condensed oh God, down. Yeah. So there's the plot lines that kind of start and stop and, and don't make as much sense. And even just tonally, like the film is just kind of all over the place. And then yeah. even the villain in the movie just comes off as just, I don't know, just very lackluster. Rita final, Repulsa. Yeah. Like, so it, it, it just was very underwhelming and just, yeah, it wasn't a great movie. And so for a long time, I, I remember seeing the campaign for the Snyder Cut and I was like, well, we'll see. I mean, because it can mean a lot of different things. Cause I think, you know, most people had thought, Oh, it just sits around and exists out there. I'm like, well, if there's a Snyder cut around, it's most likely it's, it's unfinished, you know, because they put together the pieces that they have, but then they have stand-ins for all the visual effects sequences, all these things. So the movie itself isn't necessarily complete. It's like a working cut, but it's longer. And so I was like, yeah. So I was like, I, I don't know, like in order for them to release it, like they'd have to, pay all the money to actually like do all the visual effects, all those things. And so I was, yeah, I wasn't in a camp against it, but I certainly was like skeptical. I was, as to, I was with I, you. 
Yeah. I wasn't against it. I was like, there is no Snyder Cut, guys. Yeah. There's no, it doesn't exist. Like, what are you campaigning for? Yeah. And to to that point, we were both right. Yeah. HBO Max gave them the money to go make yes. the Snyder Cut. There exactly. There was a Snyder script. There was no Snyder yeah. Cut. Yes. It was, again, the cut that existed was was incomplete. But now Warner Brothers with both the visual effects and now, like, they're actually bringing people back for, I don't know if it's going to be reshooting of same scenes or adding new stuff or both, but they're spending yeah, over sure. $70 million in total. And from what I understand, dude, that's a lot of money. That is for a movie that's already come out. Like, yeah. it's not like they're just like, oh, we have the director's cut and we're just going to release it because it's already done. Yeah. It's like... No, well, yeah, it's not like Blade seven. Runner. Well, there's ten, no. 10 different cuts of Blade Runner. Because yeah, exactly. Because footage all existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this is like, we're spending $70 million. Yeah. And I And I have to say, from that first teaser, I was very pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're seeing some all new stuff here that we did not see before. And I agree. Like you said, I think the biggest strength, whether it turns out amazing or if it doesn't turn out very great, it's like, it's going to be one cohesive vision from beginning to end, which is the biggest thing that the movie was missing. And I'm excited to see even the fact that we'll like actually get the rest of the backstory for flash and for cyborg. Like that's the arcs big one, that man. we're like, so missing from the theatrical run. Like at least we're going to get to see those play out in yeah. the Snyder cut. You know, you have, you know, the Trinity walking into this movie, you know, Batman, you know, Superman, you know, Wonder Woman, <laughs> you need to introduce cyborg. You need to give cyborg. I was so, so, turned off by cyborg and that felt like that sucked yeah he sucked he's a terrible character no it, and that's not to say that came off yeah so generic in the movie yeah like, it was just weird it's boring man and it's yeah. like dude you're one your token black guy is gonna be this boring that's ridiculous and then <laughs> yeah. you come to find out that no he wasn't intended to be that way there was a ton of stuff that was cut out mm-hmm. and there's some stuff coming out about joss whedon that i don't know i don't want to talk about because yeah. it's not substantiated but yeah. whatever no matter what yeah you are now giving this this character a, a legitimate like story, and it's like that's all I wanted. Yeah, I don't care if the movie's great because honestly, you shouldn't have made the movie. You you, you don't jump into a team up movie. You got to build. Yeah, up to it. and this it was like we'll, I don't know, we'll, like we'll a ten that. year cinematic universe. Yeah, I was about to say we'll touch on this after like the the bigger yeah, picture because yeah, yeah, it yeah. certainly relates. But um, no, but it's true. But then at the same time, like even just the setup we got because. I have to say, I love Ezra Miller as Flash. And the one scene we oh, get yeah, in the beginning good. with him and then Billy Crudup as his father, I think oh, that, that is one of the Dr. only Manhattan few things. Himself. Yes! In the theatrical cut, that was one of the only few things where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually interested in this. I want to see more. And then the movie yeah. doesn't revisit it. Well, it now, expects who, you to... It felt like it expected you to have understood that coming in, which yeah. I have watched the Flash TV show, read a bunch of yes. the Flash. I knew that that was the case. I am not the majority. (laughs) I am the minority. I am the guy who Mm -hmm. goes way too hard into comics and gets a tattoo. I am not, (laughs) I am not the everyman. Like don't write the movie for me as much as I want to write the movie for me, write the animated movies for me, write this movie Mm -hmm. to make you money to make another movie. Yeah. They luckily got to make the good. I liked Aquaman and I really like Shazam, Mm -hmm. but like those were in question because of justice league. Yeah. No, it's so Man, true. That's not and, okay. Yeah, they still haven't made okay. the dang Flash movie. What was that? Wait, what was that? They still haven't made the dang Flash movie. I know. Like it's coming, but like y- y- you screwed it all up, guys, with this cut. You know the or the the yeah the release order and everything. And yeah, that's the thing. A part of it's yeah, part of it was just like wanting to just understand the backstory more. But I was like, I just love watching the two of them together. Like you're, it's yeah. him and Billy Crudup. So it's like 
hopefully in the flash movie we get more of that but um he's coming he's coming back yeah yes well that's thank god for that they um, look alike too don't they they do yeah like it's in like, a weird way like, like no yeah, they, i believe this totally and yeah and also like billy crudup like uh i'll petition for you just to be in more movies because you're great and everything prefontaine is still one of my favorite movies of all time i don't oh i've not seen that Dude, you have to see Prefontaine. He is phenomenal in that movie. Okay. You know, do you know who Steve Prefontaine is? He's a real real person. No. I I am So he was um this. do you remember Josh This is a bleep from high school. Yeah. I don't know if you want to bleep that out, but he was uh, oh, yeah. this guy we knew uh was a runner, big runner. Mm-hmm. And uh he and I were pretty close friends at the time. And so he talked to me about this guy Steve Prefontaine who was like his idol. And he mm-hmm. was a runner in the 70s and he was he is the reason Nike shoes exist. Oh um, dang. He ran at the University of Oregon, went to the 1972 Munich Olympics, uh, was going to win a silver, but that wasn't good enough for him. So he mm-hmm. basically stopped running and was like, I'm not taking a medal. If I'm not winning gold, I'm not winning. He mm-hmm. tragically was killed uh, in a drunk driving accident mm. uh, in the so before the next Olympics in 76. Okay. But the movie about him starring Billy Crudup is phenomenal. The <sighs> man's story is okay. so inspirational and so interesting. Mm. And Billy Crudup does a great job portraying him from college to the uh, Olympics and he's just, and he's kind of a jerk, but like you still yeah. like him. And it's because of Billy Crudup's um, uh, portrayal. Yeah. Dude. I, all right. Prefon- Check all right, that I'm movie gonna, out. I'm writing that down right now. Prefontaine. Big I'm, fan. Yeah. No. Oh my God. I had it on my iPod video. That was like one of the first movies I had on my oh, iPod video. Dude, the iPod video days. Yes. Crazy. Oh, what a oh time. no! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's Jared Leto's in that movie. Billy Crudup is in a Prefontaine movie. Oh, okay. So hold on. I'll find out what movie he's. Oh, maybe he's not. Maybe I'm totally insane. Holy I cow! I think I might be complete. Watch the movie anyway. It's a great movie. Okay, it's a great movie. We'll give. I gotta hey, find out. Well, you know, you can, I mean, Jared Leto. Oh, you, you, were, yeah. you were in the DC <laughs> for a time, so uh, yeah, you sure was. <laughs> so I'm okay. So I am absolutely insane he is in the other steve prefontaine movie called without limits i see okay so there were two movies made about the same guy same guy have you seen the other film it's yes it is not as good as prefontaine but it's still very good okay so it's still a decent checkout we'll check it out for billy prefontaine watch them both watch them both both. i'll do that jared leto crushes it in prefontaine dude i was yeah I was about to say, I feel like and, such an idiot, dude. I feel, I feel so no. stupid. <laughs> oh, please. Are you kidding me? That's so funny. That's, no. I confused the two movies about the one runner <laughs> from the 70s. From the 70s. <laughs> Jeez. Well, oh, gosh. Well, well, there goes my sponsor with Helix Mattress. Dang Shoot. it. Yeah, I was about Dang to. I actually, I just read the text from them. They had said, hey, we're so excited to be on board. Love Jeremy on the podcast. And then they just sent another message saying, um, Ooh, we're done. It's, it's, it's without limits. Ooh. That's not, oh, it's not a great God. message. Yeah. Um, Donald T-Mobile. Sutherland plays his coach too in that movie, uh, in, oh, in without limits. Yeah. Oh, dang. It's really good. It's really good. I mean, good. yeah. Damn, wow. Got some great actors in there. I know. I feel bad yeah. for, you know, obviously Jared Leto with the DCU. He's gr- He's listen, he's Jared Leto's a great actor. He's been in some amazing uh, films. Yes, absolutely. Um, Dallas Buyers yes. Club, uh, Prefontaine. Mm-hmm. Yes, other movies that I can't think of off the yep. top of my head right now. I haven't seen it. I need to. I need to watch it. Uh, Requiem oh, for a Dream. Uh, oh, yeah, Blade Requiem Runner for a Dream. Well. Yeah, that's one I haven't seen. That's I know I it's seen. only because I always hear about how like intense and kind of depressing yeah. of a movie that is. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I want to see it because I want to, especially if with seeing like all the Darren Aronofsky films. But then I'm like, I don't know. Have, I have to like so, really be in the right mood. 
So I don't know if this is this is not a good transition. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave this little hanging here. But okay. I do want to talk about Mother at some point by Darren Aronofsky. Oh, interesting. Okay, I talk about curious. that. We can we okay. can wait. But I, 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 well, wait. that movie is so weird, <laughs> dude. I I'm gonna be excited to hear about this because I still haven't seen it, but I've heard so many things. So I'm I'm very curious to see. What, what you have to it, say about that you said we might talk about horror movies later since it's a spooky yes. month and i'm a super mm-hmm. big horror buff we can talk yes. about it then we'll keep on the superhero track right now but i just want to point that out that it should be talked about yes all right so we're gonna put a little pin Sounds on that good. mother topic we're gonna set it up we're we're gonna come back to you mother i'm gonna put it on don't my worry. whiteboard back here so we don't forget about yes it. just put it right there mother mother perfect Using and that for those wondering, I legitimately have a whiteboard behind yes, me. Yes, I'm because I'm I have watching him on the video learning. right. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. So yeah, it's right there. You can't forget about it's, it. It's behind nope. me now. I'm gonna see it the whole time now. Um, You're like mother. Like we're gonna be like 20 minutes. Like what? What is mother? What is mother? What is? What, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? But God, you're crazy. Well, it's so crazy. Um, it's crazy. It's so crazy. It's funny though. But, but, yeah, because. With talking about the Justice League, I guess this kind of brings into the whole scope and picture. So, as someone who loves comic books deeply, you have a great expertise. Um, I think about, you know, growing up in the night. you know, we both grew up in the 90s. And, like, in terms of, like, comic books really in, in media as far as, like, film and television, you know, we had our, you know, the... What what is they still are groundbreaking films the Tim Burton Batman films that came out you know at oh. the end of the eighties early nineties oh my god yes so I think so, sometimes it's so easy good. to lose track of how big like impactful those films were um, yes and then we moved on to the Joel Schumacher films which are different okay. breed like and I love <laughs> so, those I love those growing up like those are just fun I, films I, to watch I would be remiss yes. I've talked about this on Talking Trades multiple mm-hmm. times I have a theory as to why the Joel Schumacher movies exist interesting. All right, okay. let's so, fill us in. Batman comes out, right? 1989's Batman with Michael Keaton. Tim Burton directed it. Awesome. Everyone loves it. Got a yes. different bat symbol on his chest. Uh, what's his name? Jack Nicholson's a really weird joker that everyone yep. loves. Yep. Super good, right? Yes. They're like, boom, we got a green light, a sequel immediately. Yes. The second one, they're like, the penguin's going to be in it. Catwoman's going to be in it. We might even start planting the seeds for Two-Face. It's going to be yes. great. And they did all those things. But they made it super, super dark. Like, almost to the point of being grotesque with some of the scenes of Danny DeVito's Penguin, right? You know, especially so, as a kid, that was one of my, ironically, one of my first memories of, like, coming across, like, violence in a film that offset me. That Specifically yes. the scene where he bites the guy's nose. I yes. never seen anything like that before. So as a kid, Go I was back like, and watch it. It's very minimal. Like, no, totally. You, you, it, there's, like, a little yeah. bit of blood. Like it, But when you're a kid, yeah, it was horrifying. Yeah, you were just, it just scared the crap out of me. I was like, oh. Do you remember how that movie starts? Do you know the opening title of that movie? I'm try- It's been... Because does it open on the Penguin's backstory, if I remember correctly? His parents say, ew, and they put him in a basket, and they yes! send him into the sewers. Yes! That's horrifying. This is a movie, this is a movie that had McDonald's tie-in <laughs> toys. So... So this movie is super dark, right? And yeah. kids are like, um, yeah. it still sold well. Still made a ton of money. But they're yeah. like, hey, listen, Tim, you're a weirdo. We're going to yeah. backpedal a little bit. And we're going to give Joel a try here. And it's a little bit lighter, a little campier, a little funner. Yeah. Kids love it. They're like, we got to go this route. And then they're like, boom, nipples on the bat suit. Yep. 
Dude, that is why I, the Joel Schumacher so movies exist. No, I agree. Like, is again, the first movie was like groundbreaking, and it is Tim Burton, but it's still balanced. It never goes like super, super dark and weird. But then, yeah. even as a kid, that second film, like, I might have like had to walk away after that one scene. Dude, it scared the hell me, out of just, me. Yeah, it just even. I me was out. terrified of that movie. <laughs> yes, but then the Joel Schumacher films, I ate those up as a kid. I, yes, I loved dude. watching those. I had the little picture storybooks. Like, I was like, uh-huh. you know, as ridiculous and campy as they were as a kid, you're just like, this is awesome. It's time to freeze. It's time to freeze. Oh, yeah. my God. Uma Thurman as uh, mm-hmm. Pamela Isley, Poison yeah. Ivy. <laughs> and he pulls out the back credit card. I'm like, this is oh, amazing. God. This is amazing. What, what gives the dinosaurs the Ice yes. Age? <laughs> 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 oh, my God. This is amazing. This is the best ever. This is the best thing you could ever be in a movie. This is way better than that Penguin one. Yes. No. But it's just so funny because it's like at because then after, especially after that second Joel Schumacher film, like as a kid, like in terms of what superhero films were, like that's what really we had on a massive scale. And so yep. I remember I'm trying to think. And they weren't technically past. related. One and no. two were, but mm-hmm. the rest of them were technically the same universe. But like, yeah, no, they weren't. No. So like, you didn't have a universe. You didn't have a continued exactly. continuity. Exactly, and so I remember the that Spider-Man like, movies happened. <laughs> yes, no, that I'll never forget the when the first. Well, I, and it's funny, even before then, I remembered reading some article in a magazine a few years after the Joel Schumacher films finished. It's like, oh, Warner Brothers is looking to reboot and restart doing Batman movies, and I was like, what's that going to be like? But then that that's going to suck. Thing, Who's Christopher Nolan? <laughs> yeah, for real. But. Um, <laughs> That when that I'll never forget when the Sam Raimi Spider Man film came out. Like for me, mm. and mm. clearly for the world, because that movie, like, like made so much money and changed everything. Like, changed my. And it's life. funny how things have evolved since then. But even still, going back and watching it, it, it was like the first time where I felt like, oh my gosh, like yeah, this is what a superhero film could be. And it certainly has. Like, even that with Sam Raimi, like. It's funny because he comes from a horror background, so there's some things that are more gritty and intense, but it also has some camp to it. But at the same time, growing up with Spider-Man, those things are kind of, at least to me, related to a lot of the tone of it. You know, at least growing up with the animated series and video games. But but still, though, it was a film that, like... It was a film. It it was a film, and it took it, to to a certain extent, seriously. And I was like, this is... But not so seriously that it was, like, un... On, uh, unlike its source material, exactly, it balanced exactly. perfectly. That is the prototype for the MCU. Is that it, film the, without question? And, and, and it's then, amazing sequel. Totally, it's only totally. Spider Man Three is a little bit of a different story, but the first Spider-Man two Three exists. I've never seen this ex- movie. I yeah, think no, I may never have seen it at all the entire um, time. But then even what's it, that? Topher Grace's Venom. <laughs> and when he talks, his. Actual venom face is going to recede, and he has a uh, yeah, spot, that's like a, a good snake idea. List. Yeah, I was like, no, "That's a very good idea." It's funny. Sam Raimi was on a the Nerdist podcast, of however many years back, and he actually said Spider Man Three is the one that he understandably regrets, and he wishes he could go back and redo. Well, it. he was going to do his his script for Four was going to be I phenomenal. Know. I I so wish we could still get that. I I would have. Bruce Campbell was going to be Mysterio. <sighs> I know. That would have been so perfect. And because it could have been a redemption film, but I know it's, you know, Sony unfortunately moved on and yeah. Yeah. They've been those really great Andrew Garfield movies. Yeah. For real. Here's the the thing. I want to go off a mini tangent. Go for it. Andrew Garfield's too cool to play Peter Parker. Andrew. Yeah. That does not mean 
mm-hmm. that you can't be cool. But he is way too mm-hmm. cool to be a nerd who gets bullied. Yes. For the love yes. of God, he skateboards in at one scene. He's like, oh, I'm so sick. And I'm super hot. And it's like, oh, yeah, what a nerd. No, shut up. That would never happen. Yeah. It would no, it's completely unbelievable. Like, Andrew, we love you. You're an amazing actor, but to pretend you're this uh, high yeah. school nerd who No. Great like, Spider-Man. Great like, Spider-Man. It's funny Terrible it's like, <laughs> like Toby Maguire, like, he is able to pull it off because he's able to at least kind of tune into like just the awkward just yeah, social mechanics of like his connection with people. But like Andrew How Garfield. How old is he? Yeah, I know. Is he like a vampire? Because I think he's the same age as forever. I think so. <laughs> he doesn't age. He looks the same as he did no. 138 years ago. Who's, who's I think like he oil might be painting immortal. of like an old woman that ages for him in his attic? Oh, like, uh, yeah, which yeah, one yeah, does yeah. He He's have? got a Dorian no? Gray. He's got a Dorian Gray. <laughs> where, where, which attic does he keep that in? You know? Yeah, I want to know. Yeah. I want to. Yeah. I want to keep it there because I don't want him to age immediately. Because I love him. No, yeah, me too. I want my sea biscuit too. Still, exactly. Although See, I know, guy gets gosh, there's so much to talk about. Because then there's news coming out now about Spider-Man three, and they're yeah, possibly... they're going to be in it. <sighs> I know. Um. Oh gosh, this, this, this does sound like an episode awesome. of Talking Traits. <laughs> that, no, but but this but it's good though. This is, it's all related. Yeah. It's all related. Um, this is going to yeah. be a two parter, isn't it? I was about to say. I feel like there's. We're, well, this might have to be a two-parter. We, we, we might have to break us up in two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Because the point oh being God. is, you know, sp- essentially we went through like a drought for a long time of... Yeah. Like, at least superhero films, especially in the mainstream. Because outside of those Burton films and even the, the financial success of the Schumacher films, it's like, outside of that, like, superhero films were not at all a large-scale thing. Like, you'd have some kind of offset things like the Blade movies and stuff, but it... Never in terms of, like, taking over pop culture and, like you've talked about, like, being its own universe. And so, you know, Spider-Man comes along and completely changes yeah. it. And then even, like, the original first X-Men film, you know, very different mm-hmm. kind of film. But it was still, I remember watching it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And it completely launched this wave that all spiraled into what would become the era that we've been in with both, you know, really the MCU and then with the yep. DCU as well. So... I guess, well, first off, as someone who loves comic books so much, um, thinking how to formulate this question down, going for... Yes, Matt, I, guess, I will marry you. Okay, good. Perfect. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll address that later. Um, okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. I assume that's what you were trying to get... That's, I assume that's what you were trying to formulate. Uh, Is that not what you were... Um, not exactly, but... Um, it's, okay, cool, But cool, it's cool. still a yes. Um, okay, good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> so so go, going from yeah from like essentially it just didn't really exist on a massive like film pop culture level to what we have now like i guess what has been what has been the coolest part of watching that as such a deep comic book fantasy with going from that to like having this whole film universe now like becoming like the new westerns and maybe okay. that's too a too broad no, a question to ask, no, but at I least a place to start. I think that's a I think that's a good question. So mm-hmm. um Oh boy, I'm trying to think of how I format my answer. Um Yeah. Or almost like the big what do you think has been the biggest strength in that wave? Because obviously it is an amazing strength. thing that it, it's become like the new Western. Like in you know Yeah. Like in terms of like yeah. this whole realm. So I guess it, yeah, overall in this era, what has been the biggest strength of it? The thing they've done the best so, job of? I think 
And if this is not what you're looking for, then just let me know and I can try to reformulate this yeah. answer. But I think the biggest thing that's come out of this is equality, is is inclusion. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the movies, I think the movies were going to be, if these weren't the thing that was popular, something else was going to fill, you know, the void of, of media. Something else mm-hmm. was going to become the new, the thing, right? Something yeah. else was going to become the new, oh my God, mm-hmm. I can't believe it. It happened to be superheroes because... Honestly, they're colorful. There's a million different stories to tell. You can, yeah. And there's an already built fan base. But whatever mm-hmm. the thing was gonna be, was gonna be. What comic books have done, mm-hmm. and especially with, um, you know, Captain Marvel and Black Panther, have mm-hmm. showed people who don't look like you and me, because we are mm-hmm. both pretty standard looking white dudes. Yep. We've always had somebody to look at, like, oh, I can see myself as that guy. Yeah. Whether or not he's taller than me, he's thinner mm-hmm. than me, he's whatever. I still see myself as that guy. Mm-hmm. A little black girl growing up didn't have a hero. Mm-hmm. She could have hoped for a hero. Yeah. You know, she may have seen someone in historical fiction, but she didn't get to look up on screen and say, "That's me. I'm Shuri. I'm I am T'Challa. I am Carol Danvers." So I mm-hmm. think that seeing that is one of my it's it's absolutely my favorite thing that's come out of the oh. Marvel boom, and it is the Marvel boom. Yeah, I love totally. DC, but it's the Marvel boom, right? I mean, they yeah. made. 10 years of pretty great films. Uh, mm-hmm. Iron Man 1, you were, you and I were friends actually when yeah. Iron Man 1 came out. You remember that, you remember, I think it was you actually, you were one of the people who bought me the Iron Man action figure. Oh yeah. For my birthday. Yeah. Because it came out like four days before Iron Man came yeah. out. Dude, that was so sick. Still have oh, that uh, DVD actually that people bought me for my birthday oh, that year. That's but awesome. It's my favorite movie. It's my favorite MCU movie of all time. And it, <sighs> nothing will ever top it because of the memories that come with it. But that's yeah. whatever. But, but <laughs> like, I've enjoyed the films, period, right? Yes. But the fact that you get to see this stuff happen, like I've, I work with kids who mm-hmm. are people of color, who are mm-hmm. women, who are gay, who mm-hmm. are, um, who have special needs, right? And they get to see themselves represented yeah. on the screen in some form. I think that's incredible because there's nothing more powerful than feeling like you matter, right? Yeah. And as little as you and I love movies to death, right? Mm-hmm. You especially, like movies mean mm-hmm. a lot to you. But movies don't have to mean a lot to you to make you feel like you matter. If yeah. you get to see yourself, if you get to go to the store and buy a toy of a character that looks like you or has the same skin color as you, that is – that could inspire – that could mean nothing to some kid who just like, that's cool. But it could also inspire someone to become the next physicist that helps discover how the universe was created or the next doctor who helps because mm. – uh, solve cancer because they were empowered as a child. Yeah. Right. I don't need to be empowered. I like to be hyped up. I like to be told that I am loved and <laughs> that I matter. But I don't yeah. need it. Kids need it. And yeah. for them to grow up, any child growing up right now can feel empowered with these movies that come out. And I think that's phenomenal. Wonder no. Woman did more for did more for mankind than <laughs> any of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. And that's not that's not me slagging on Christopher Nolan. The man's <laughs> genius and those movies are incredible. But mm-hmm. when a little girl says, I can be Wonder Woman, that little girl knows that she's not just a woman she's a person no if that's that might that maybe that's too pretentious maybe that's too like esoteric but like that's my favorite thing that's come out of these no this well i mean i i think you make a great point is like and that's the i mean that is the beauty about you know it's, it's and it's been with the films overall especially with the marvel boom is like the amount of different stories and characters that you have to pull from is incredible and and so and obviously, you know, with a lot of the classic heroes that most people know, like your, Sp- you know, Spider-Man's and Captain America, all those things, like a- anyone can enjoy those characters and and get sucked into those worlds and those films. But at the same time, like you said, to be able to pull from other heroes, you know, 
different, you know, uh, gender or, or skin color, whatever it might be, to have them on the screen is, it's not just the same enjoyment of like, what a cool character, but like you said, for them to see someone who looks like them or comes from their same background, it is really empowering and really cool. And I would agree, like, that's a part of the kind of the unique strength that they're able to pull from in this era of comic books. And so, no, I, I totally agree. I think that has been a really cool part of seeing what's developed. And I think a big strength as to why uh, they've made such an impact and continue to. So, no, I, I, I totally see where you're coming from. And I just don't want to come off as um, uh, too, um, too, uh, I don't, I definitely don't think I'm better than anybody. I definitely don't think I'm smarter than anybody. No. But sometimes, you know, people are like, Oh, well, what a, what a, artsy fartsy answer like just say you like superheroes like i do i love them i think yeah. they're sweet i like to watch uh hit uh, uh the red skull get punched in his turkey face by yeah. captain america that's awesome but i am also an educator of young minds and i am also a human being with eyes yeah. and a heart and i can understand how much movies can can change no. the world totally it, i mean no, shoot completely charlie chaplin what's that charlie chaplin movie the dictator the, the dictator yeah i th- where he plays or, he plays I mean, that is Hitler. a charlie chaplin movie i'm, I'm assuming that's what you're the one that he plays not Hitler, but like yeah. Wink. That's the dictator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie changed the world. It, yeah. it was a movie that like showed American audiences, oh, hey, uh, this Hitler guy, not, not a good guy. Because I don't know if you know this. This may be a surprise to you. But America mm-hmm. is sometimes racist. <laughs> and some people in America sympathize with Hitler. And then to have a major film come out and say, Ooh, no, that was that persuaded a few people. Just mm-hmm. throwing that out there. America is sometimes there. racist. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Hot take. <laughs> Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. No, but I, mean, I, I, I completely agree with you. Like, films do have and ha- have had the power to change the world. So, and I think you have an amazing perspective, especially, you know, teaching classes full of kids and kids of different backgrounds. Like, actually getting to not just see other heroes they love, but seeing heroes that they, like, are literally, again, whether they're gender or race, whatever it might be actually see them on screen and be like, oh, yeah, I can see myself even more directly yeah. in this. Like, That's like it's a, great yeah. if a little, if a young African-American kid's like, oh, Star-Lord's cool. Like, yeah, he is cool. Like, you can absolutely dress up as Star-Lord for Halloween. Mm-hmm. But if a kid goes, I look like T'Challa and I like T'Challa, I can be him for Halloween. Like, that's super cool, too. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's just nice to have that option. But yeah. Again, as a white guy, I've always had the option. Mm-hmm. No, fair enough. I want to be. <laughs> No, it's true. It's true. So it's cool. No, it's cool to see them just continue to expand even more. And I'll be curious to see, especially with this next phase of the MCU, of all the different characters and such they're going to... Yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially since they pushed everything back a year. I know. The Black Widow movie got pushed, um, yeah. understandably, COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. But it'll be interesting, yeah. It will be. I'm very curious to see what they do. Yeah, so... I do hope they give Shuri a leading role as something... Because I yeah. I pegged her as a character uh, named Ironheart, who is mm. um, her name is Riri Williams in the comics, and she takes over for Iron Man at a point mm-hmm. when Tony Stark is like not around, and she is a I believe she's like fourteen, she's a young black girl, mm-hmm. an incredible mind, but she becomes mm-hmm. Ironheart, which is just Iron Man. Like I want, I was like, boom, Shuri, that actress should play Ironheart. Now yeah. with the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman, you could just straight up make her Black Panther because Shuri becomes Black Panther at some point in the comics. Oh, interesting. You could absolutely do that too. Yeah. There's yeah. a whole run. There's a really, really good run of comics where she is the Black where she is the Black Panther. It's very good. T'Challa leaves Wakanda mm-hmm. and she takes over. She's phenomenal. She's an incredible leader. That's fascinating. You could do that too. But like yeah. to have again, it's just to have that choice is amazing. Mm-hmm. 
No, it completely is. Well, and it does bring up. I know it's. I know we haven't dove into it in the podcast, and it it, it still is sensitive because again, it's the passing. Yeah, of I'm still. I, I still. Yeah, I think the conversation is legitimate and absolutely understandable to have that. Totally. I personally have. I'm still having trouble coping with the death of. Yeah. Of a of a legitimate hero. In totally. The, in the community, like he played some yeah. phenomenal roles for. Um, for black cinema, including mm-hmm. 42, where he played Jackie Robinson, Get On yeah. Up, where he played James Brown. He was freaking Black Panther in three movies he, that he filmed while he had cancer. I know. The man it's is a legend just, yeah. and an icon and will never be forgotten. Completely. And it's hard to think about what's going to happen next without him. I, I guarantee know. that he wanted it to continue, but. Oh, it's there's still no hard. question. Like, I mean, I mean, that is, the, again, one of the really difficult parts about it in, in terms of the conversation about. The, the, the media and film part of his life is that, I mean, Black Panther was such a huge film in so many ways. Like, it was just getting started. And so, that's a it's a part of why it was just inconceivable from that perspective. Because it's like, I... I thought it was a joke when I saw it. I yeah. thought it was a joke. To- no, completely. And so, well, I mean, I would be curious if, when the time comes, if Marvel would go down the route like you talked about. Because you said her name is Shuri. That's the yeah. character's name? Mm-hmm. That's well. It at least is a, I think, a good option for them to explore. It's a viable option, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you also could have someone body double Chadwick Boseman for a movie, and just not have like like, like a, the next Avengers movie that like, oh hey, mm-hmm. Black Panther's here. Oh my God, they shot Black Panther, and that that writes off that particular character. Yeah. And then they can move on because I'm assuming they're going to want to do closure with the character. Yeah, uh, no, that's that's always the biggest trouble. And, you know, it's interesting other movies in the past, whether it's been like the Fast and Furious or even uh, a film like Rise of Skywalker, where it's like one of your, your yeah. star, one of your stars just tragically passes away in real life. And it's like, how do we deal with that character in the next movie? Because a part of it is like go the right off their death route. But then oftentimes that can be too like stereotypical and easy. So it's like, well, if we don't do that. How do we send them off? And I, I always give, I always have grace with films in that area because I never think there's a really perfect answer. I think there's some films that maybe find a way to pull it off a little more emotionally. Like I will say, the Fast, I think it was Fast and Furious Seven. Dude, I'm pretty sure that's. I I hate those movies. I know, but I do have to give the film credit. The way they send, the way they send Paul Walker's character out. Exactly, I give them credit. I was like. It, it worked. It was emotional. And yeah, they, they were able to find a way where it's like they don't just have to kill him off, but kind of give him it. Like, it got me emotional. Like, yeah. You know, it totally worked. Oh, yeah. So I'll be curious to see how they approach that with Black Panther. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to say the least. Um, well, all right. Well, I, I agree with you. I, I think that's an awesome strength and compliment of uh, a part, like just a part of what has made this era of just comic book films really not just successful but really great to watch um what do you feel like you would say is your biggest critique overall so mcu and even with the the dcu i'll be curious to see what you think well the dceu is is its own worst uh critique Mm -hmm. you know it's not it's disjointed it's not yeah there's it's so much just all over the place i think they Mm -hmm. got on the right track with shazam and aquaman where they went with a little bit lighter and more colorful and Mm -hmm. let them be their own thing the it's not a universe man i will yeah. say i'll defend man of steel to the death i still think man of steel is one of my favorite movies in the superhero oh. genre i think that 
their criticism, fine, you can have it. I just strongly disagree with it. The yeah. idea that he do- tries to go save his father. I'm assuming you've seen Man of Steel. I have, yes. Um, okay, cool. I, I didn't mm-hmm. want to like spoil it. Oh, you know, no, no. You're, yeah. some, some people have not seen it. So <laughs> when, when he is going to go run off and save his dad, who had ran off to save another person, his dad puts a hand up and says, stop. Like, oh, he could have gone over there in, this, in a half a second. Yes, he could have. But when your dad tells you to stop, even if you mm-hmm. know he's wrong, you're going to yeah. freeze for a second. And yeah. he's also young Superman. So, like, you know, he may have not had the control over his powers at that point, blah, blah, blah. And his dad dies. And I'll tell you, Pa Kent has to die at mm. some point to make Superman uh, who Superman is. Mm. In the comics, he dies of a heart attack. And that's actually yeah. a really interesting one because then Superman's like, I can't save him. You can't save everybody. But... The fact that he still can't save his dad in that scene is amazingly powerful mm. because it shows him what he can and can't do. Granted, the destroying of the city, it's not, it's impractical. But he's also, it's like his first bit of being Superman. He's a kid mentally. Yeah. Oh, he was all broody like Batman. He's also, a, he's, he's, he's not a human being. He's a Kryptonian. Mm-hmm. But like, he was raised as a human being with human being emotions. You tell me that if your dad dies because you couldn't stop him because he told you not to, mm-hmm. you're not going to be guilty about that? And you're gonna, not going to go out and like live... A, a weird life for a while. I, yeah. I, I think it's. I think it's a great movie. I think that Henry Cavill is a phenomenal Superman, and I think that there's that. That being said, the mm-hmm. DCU is kind of crap. It's not yeah. great. It is what it is. No, so, I, w- I would. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I think my biggest critique of the Marvel universe, however, mm-hmm. is the villains. Interesting. And with the exception of, um, you know, some of the more recent ones, like uh, like Thanos is great. Um, oh, Killmonger yeah. is. Killmonger is one of the best written characters in movie history. Mm-hmm. He's so, so good, and he's so, and he's right, and he's mm-hmm. absolute. Colonizers are bad people, but he's going about it the wrong way, right? Mm-hmm. He, Michael B. Jordan is phenomenal. I hope Michael B. Jordan. No, yeah, I, I agree. That was one of my movies. No question, one of my favorite parts of Black Panther, or one of the stri- well, biggest strength I should say is him and his character. No doubt, that movie hits on all cylinders. It's mm-hmm. a ten out of ten. I love that movie. Um, and that's not even just with the nostalgia goggles of, you know, oh, he's gone. No, mm-hmm. that movie was perfect when it came out. I love that movie. But, like, um, Loki, I think Loki's a boring character, dude. I think Loki oh, is it's, a Well, I feel like that's a, maybe for many. It's a hot take. Many people, it's a hot take. It, it's a hot take. And I understand that. I think Tom Hiddleston is a phenomenal actor. And I think that he got better. The character, he was never the problem. The character was better written in ragnarok and- i love which i have to say thor that might be that's easily my top three if not one i i love thor ragnarok well, i mean taika watiti is, Ooh, is a i'm on the i've i've oh i'm i'm taika train all the Are you way on the taika train yeah, oh he's great. yeah boy he's great he's over the shadows all. is phenomenal yes um hunt for the world we can talk, we can talk about that when we talk about horror because oh phenomenal. yeah exactly <laughs> but um loki i thought loki loki is the best character the best villain uh in the marvel cinematic universe the whole t- he's good he is good but even that is not great like i need a villain obadiah mm-hmm. stain in the first iron man Ugh. Mm-hmm. fine whiplash yeah. in iron man 2 i guess army aren't uh justin hammer and iron man 2 good but like i don't know man it's just tony stark it's just the, it's the it's the hero but it's not the hero it's like the the alternate version that's what a lot of the marvel villains were i mean hulk abomination they're the same guy yeah uh iron man and justin hammer the same guy <laughs> uh i'm trying to think of other ones off the top of my head no. thor and loki they're that's okay but the thor movies the thor first thor movies eh 
Yeah. I still um, the only MCU film I sadly enough I still haven't seen is is uh Thor is it World of Dark Darkness? World? Dark World. That's still the only okay. one that escaped me. Hot take number two. Mm-hmm. I don't like that movie. Yeah, I haven't heard My great things about John it. John mm-hmm. loves that movie to death. Well, okay. It's, I'm not into it, dude. So Interesting. Not, I haven't I, seen I it, so I can't comment, but I mean, I sure. feel like from what I've heard, it's my it's guess is fine. I probably would fall in your kit, but I, I don't know. I'd have to watch it. It's fine. Yeah. I just wasn't into it. Um, well, it's ironic because then you get to Thor Ragnarok, which uh, Kate Blanchett, is it Hela? Is that her? Yeah. Is that her? I actually really enjoy her as Hela. You oh, know? she's great. Yeah. She, I mean, yeah, Kate, Ragnarok Kate Blanchett is... can't do wrong, but her, I enjoy no. her character. She's yeah. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like that's, I think that's my biggest critique of the Marvel movies is like the villains for a long time were not great. They got significantly better. They got a lot mm-hmm. better. Like after Avengers, after the Avengers movie, they started to get better. Like yes. in Iron Man three with um, Ben Kingsley playing the yeah. Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Great. Really enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, in Captain, all the Captain America movies uh, are phenomenal. The, the Captain America two winter, Captain America, the winter soldier is my favorite spy movie of all time. Wow. That's it, awesome. It's I'm, so good. It's a great movie. I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm actually a huge Civil War fan. I'm probably in the camp of like Ugh. Captain America. So, and it's ironic as you talk about villains. It's like, well, when it comes to the villains in that movie, it really is just our heroes facing Wait, off against one another, and it actually yeah, works. Also, like the other guy who wants to be a Nazi. Um, yeah. Oh, yes, that's true. Uh, How did I forget? Name? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, he's on. Um, well, because he's in Glor- in, in Glorious Bastards. Yeah, um, he's so good in that movie. He is though. Like that's that's a movie that's where it's like they get the antagonism. Right. I'm gonna look this up. Get it right. I, I should. I should. But it, you do bring up a good point too. It's like even with Loki. Like when I think about Loki, like I don't. I don't really almost view him as a villain. Like I get that's how his character was especially initially framed and he's kind of antagonistic, but I feel like he just works more just as like a, I don't know if anti-hero is maybe too, too big a leap, well, but well, yeah, when they got away from, when they know. got away from the whole, Oh, I'm mad at my dad. Cause he lied to me. I was like, mm-hmm. this, like, ugh. like he got better, but like also, yes, uh, I, I equate Loki to the nightmare before Christmas. Where they're both good, but the fans are super obnoxious. <laughs> like, Nightmare Before Christmas is a okay movie. It's fine. It's good. Like, uh, Danny Elfman crushes singing and the score in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah, good. I right? really, I really enjoy but it. But, like, yeah. it's okay. Like, it does not... Hot Topic really hyped that movie up. <laughs> and I, I won't deny like, that, because I'm a, I'm a big fan of the movie, but there's no question places like good. that really no, set no, no. it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It's a good movie. It is not the end mm-hmm. all be all that Tumblr makes it out to be. And Loki's the same That's way. Fair. He's yeah. good. He's not the best. No. And I think well, at least in terms of, my... of villains, there's no question. Like it's everything else yeah. about the character that works. And that, that's why you enjoy watching him. But as terms of like, yeah. like the great, especially like the greatest villain ever. Doesn't no, not even close. He's not no. even the greatest character in his own. He's not even the greatest villain in his own movie series. No. <laughs> Because exactly. I would say that Jeff Goldblum as the collector is way or not the collector the uh, oh what's his name shoot also I found out the name of the guy uh, who plays Zemo his name's Daniel Bruhl yes Daniel Bruhl so good so good. so good uh, now I need to look up uh, who he plays but um but yeah Jeff Goldblum is a much better quote unquote villain in that movie than uh, Tom Hiddleston is. Tom Hiddleston also yeah. has transitioned at that point to being like an anti-hero, like you said. The Grandmaster. Exactly. Yeah, God. the collector's Grandmaster. brother, the Grandmaster. Mm-hmm. So good in that movie. Oh, so good. Although Jeff, so good. Jeff Goldblum can do no wrong. So No, same, yeah, same with man. him. He can't the, do. The man, uh, he's uh, a perfect. So perfect. 
so good. No, um, but I, what are we I, talking about? Yeah, because um, we were talking about the yeah the biggest critique, especially with Marvel being and I, I would agree yeah, with that. I it's, think for a long time yeah. it was the villains. Yeah, it got better, it got better, but I think it was the villains. Mm-hmm. No, completely. Killmonger is the epitome of a villain in that in that universe. He's the best. Yeah. No, well, and it's funny because I, and this can kind of be related to the films. I feel like when it comes when specifically when it comes to villains, and I I certainly have a normie perspective, but I've always. That's a part of why I've always felt like when it's come to the DC universe and especially a universe like Batman, like to me, that's like just the master place where you find like the most intriguing, exciting villains. For are we me talking about Christopher? Are we talking about the Nolan verse now? Is that what we're doing? Are we transitioning? Yeah, no, to the well, I mean, the Nolan verse is important because I, I agree with you also that my biggest critique with the DCU has been just the lack of a game plan because Marvel had started <laughs> on their own course of slowly yeah. building up their universe. And then when it came to the DC or DC, DC at Warner brothers, it's like, well, they struck really lucky with the Christopher Nolan films. You know, I remember watching even that was another one when I was young watching Batman begins. Like it was like each film kept going to a new level. And I was like, Holy crap. Batman begins like, this is like the coolest thing ever. And Christopher Nolan makes his own kind of isolated trilogy of films that are at least to me, like I love, I love those movies. I love completely what he did, you know? And, and and so much has been said about him. It's tough to dissect it without retreading too much water. But sure, sure, sure. Um, I will retread this. It's Ra's al Ghul, not Ra's al Ghul. Yes. That's the only thing I'll say. No, that's actually fair. Especially re- replaying through the Arkham games. Like, oh, yeah, it's Ra's al Ghul. And it's the Ra's, not Ra's. Ra's. That, no. that bugs me. So that's that's totally fair. And but yeah, the DC Universe, they said, we got we to gotta catch up to Marvel now. Yes. Marvel said, hey, Kevin Feige, you do this. Make a plan. That's 11 years long, and he did it. Yeah. And his 11-year plan culminated in Thanos. Mm-hmm. If you had said, hey, Thanos, 11 years ago, people would be like, who? The yeah. guy with the chin that looks kind of like a human genitalia? They'd be like, yeah, yeah, that guy, that guy. <laughs> so Kevin Feige, mm-hmm. or Feige, I forget. I don't know how you pronounce his name. I, 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 I think everyone Feige. probably says Feige. It, it, it's okay. okay here. Yeah. It might be Feige. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I apologize, Mr. We apologize, Kevin. I, I apologize, Kevin. Yes. Um. He he set out a plan early. And DC was like, oh, we don't have a plan. God, go now, though. No. No, <laughs> no it's true. Because because that was the problem. They finished off this amazing trilogy of Nolan films. And, and people around the world loved it. But then, yeah, it's like the MCU is already going. So it was clear that they were just like, crap, we got to... We got to do this. Well, and, I don't know that yeah. Man of Steel was intended to become a, a universe builder. But I don't like, know. Hey, we'll, we'll release Man of Steel, and it's really good. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, and um, Chris Nolan was universe. a producer on it, too. So it's like, it was yeah. clear they were trying to, like, kind of follow in those footsteps. But then they, you know, it, it goes off in its own unique direction. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I don't want to be critical too often, but, like, or I don't mm-hmm. want to, like, stay critical for too long. No. That's, yeah. The DCEU is not great. No. And, and and that's coming from a hardcore the DC fan of talking mm-hmm. trades, and it's just not good. No, but I, it does bring kind of an interesting question of looking to where we've been because I, I at least in my opinion there's there's no doubt that the MCU has been you know outside of isolated things like the the Nolan Batman films and such been like the biggest strength of this era of comic book films like they they are the ones that have taken it all the way. I mean, I, you know, I think about what it was like going just to inside, you know, into infinity war and Endgame, And it's like the kind of just passion and hype for a movie like that, of that caliber for people around the world, like that happens. So, so rarely. And so Marvel's done it 
overall like the most consistently you know even if yes. there's some films yeah. that slightly very better than others like overall Ant-Man and the really Wasp oh, sorry. It. no you're good and so uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp oh oh yes sorry Just got, like, my but back. it's kind of interesting though looking it's like now Marvel's getting ready for their next phase of films and clearly now DC is semi doing the same it all, they're almost kind of hitting uh, not maybe a reset isn't the best word, but they are kind of each hitting a pause at the well, kind of same moment. Well, DC is going to hit a literal reset. Yes, they're going to do. They're making the Flashpoint movie, and if you don't know the Flashpoint movie, the Flashpoint movie, the story behind Flashpoint is mm-hmm. Barry goes back in time to save his mother. Mm-hmm. Barry Allen, the Flash, he runs at the speed of uh, whatever time, mm-hmm. gets into the Speed Force. He goes back in time, stops his mother from being killed by the greatest villain ever, uh, uh, the Reverse Flash, mm-hmm. and he does this, and then. He, when he comes back to what he thinks is his present day, everything's different. He's no longer the Flash. Batman's mm-hmm. dead. Uh, or Bruce Wayne is dead. Uh, Wonder Woman and mm-hmm. Aquaman are having a war. Like, things are different because of him. Mm-hmm. So then he goes back and resets it again, lets his mom die, which, by the way, brutal scene, made me cry mm-hmm. multiple times. Um, the, it resets the universe. Mm-hmm. So that's how they're going to get out of everything. They're going to reset everything. And sh- and this is this a live-action movie. movie that they're, like, releasing? Or is this, like, a... It's going. This is the. I believe it's not James it, Wan. It's it's, is this it's the Ezra, Ezra Miller? Miller Flash movie. Oh, okay, okay. So all right, that, so this is that same film. I see. Okay. So ju- that was just to inform your point. They are yes. DC is literally resetting. Marvel is just continuing. Yeah. Well, even look at the trailer that what they're doing with the Suicide Squad. Like mm-hmm. they bring James Gunn on, and they're just rebooting it completely yep. like still carrying over actors like margot robbie and stuff but they're like uh we're well, just well it's gonna also do, it, they've said know. it's not a reboot it's gonna be a continuation so the other one still exists interesting well i guess that's the is that the word part. or is the word stupid yeah i was like <laughs> listen okay i guess it's a continuation but at the same time it's clear they're just they are rebooting it at the same time it's you they're know. just keeping rick flag amanda waller and harley quinn yeah because they were all great uh, mm-hmm. the the emancipation the fantabulous emancipation of harley quinn the birds of prey movie was mm-hmm. very good and okay. that was I still need to that, watch that. that established i really enjoyed that movie okay. a lot i thought it, john and i really liked it okay it, it got no press dude none but it's yeah. a it's a it's a kick butt girl power movie with mm-hmm. amazing an amazing storyline okay um anyway that I think that that's going to be the Harley Quinn they're going to go with from now on. They're going to mm-hmm. say, yeah, that happened, but, like, ignore it. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, this Suicide this squad is the just, Suicide yeah. Squad now. It's not good. No. And it's I'm, I'm glad they're going this route again. It was really smart of them to get James Gunn. And I'm also happy, too, because he's going to be able to make his Guardians 3. Um, but Yeah, dude. He, his, his firing was such unwarranted nonsense yeah. we talked about it on talking trades but no it's, it's he should not have been fired no that. totally and i'm grateful that disney marvel came around and brought him back on especially for guardians because that's been yeah when i think about my that's favorite mcu films like i love the first one and actually in the camp like i really love the second one i really enjoyed what he did with it so i i, I was, like you know, ego the living planet i was very excited to have yes. ego the living planet and you get uh, kurt russell cool which is great character. like you know oh big like, kurt russell boy i love him you know love him, love him, love him. and so i was just so excited like oh where's he gonna go with the third film so when it was you know when it was like oh he's fired i was just uh, i want to i want to clarify a point real quick just in mm-hmm. case i get a bunch of hate oh yeah he he was wrong for what he did yes but he proved that that was a mistake that he was correcting he yes. showed 
receipts mm-hmm. that showed he changed. So I'm not saying what he did was right because what he did yeah. was wrong. But he he acknowledged it one years before he was hired by Disney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And years before he was hired by Disney, he yeah. made amends and showed receipts to grow as a human being. Yeah. I think if you grow, I'm willing to forgive. Yeah, it's, no, if it's, you don't show receipts, like, I don't know, like Chris Pratt, like, eh, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of out on Chris Pratt, but like James Gunn, I'm giving, I'm willing to give another chance because he showed that he changed. Oh, interesting. Well, I don't know about the, yeah. what, I don't know what this Chris Pratt topic is. We don't oh, have to dive into God, it. Oh God, it's a lot, dude. Um, it's a lot. I know. We I'm might just gonna, to... I'll let you look it up on your own. Okay. I'm not saying I hate the guy, but I'm saying like I need receipts from that gentleman. Oh, this is I a shame because I love back Chris Pratt. I'll, have to, I'll have to look into what this is. So I won't, won't come It just yet. involves some overly religious stuff in the LGBTQ community that I'm like, ooh, ooh. Interesting. I'm, I'm not saying cancel the guy. I'm not saying hate him. I'm just like, I personally am not a, I'm not a fan of his stance on a certain subject. I see. Uh, fair enough. All right. Well, I'll have to, all right, I'll have to look into that. After yeah, I'll show. let you do that on your own. Fair enough, but with, but as far as James Gunn goes, I agree. I, yeah, like what he had done in the past was not right, but like you said, the most important part was that yeah, he had acknowledged it years before, and it was clear he was just like that wasn't right of me. He's moved forward as a person, you know, and that is the most yeah. important part. So then to still try and again take that and be like, oh, we'll still fire him. Like it's just yeah, like that. I don't think is right, you know. No. So, the mouse came around, though. They, they the mouse, it. yes. But anyways, relating back to Suicide Squad. Yeah, so I think that's the right call. Because the first movie, that was that was another one, too. I went in it exists. very hyped. And it exists. And I know, if ironically, with the Snyder cut, so many... Now the movement's restarted back up for the David Ayer cut. Which the Ayer I've, cut, yeah. Dude, it's like, dude... I've heard no. a lot of different things about it. I remember even when I was at film school, I had a teacher who uh, was... I think friends with David Ayer's sister and and according supposedly according to her the original original cut of what they were doing was vastly different and darker but oh yeah no that's that's I think been proven almost mm-hmm. the man wrote a different script the 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 mm-hmm. studio made him change it I, I agree that that happened I don't mm-hmm. think we need to see the David Ayer cut. I think that if David Ayer wants to work on the Suicide Squad 2, mm-hmm. I'd be more willing for that. We don't need a David Ayer cut. Yeah, and, we and need, this is we need yeah. a start over. No, and it brings into the discussion fault. of No, he's a good writer. It's not his fault. No, it's he's made good movies over. in the it's past, over, man. Yeah. It's over. It's just over. Yeah, I mean they could make it. I would, and it, you know, if they put it on HBO Max, I'd certainly watch it out of curiosity, but Oh, absolutely. I don't think it's going to and again, we'll see if release the Snyder it cut as but... a script book. Just release the script like yeah. as a book. I'll buy the book. Yeah. Well, and I'm curious to see how this just affects more films in the future because I do think the Snyder cut is unlocking a whole new precedent as far it as is, yeah. alternate it's cuts very... of films and especially in terms of marketing and to give to fans. Like, um, well, I, I think also, it'll spread like, to, yeah. the, the, the not so silent majority will now feel like that they des- they are entitled to their film it's like no you're not entitled to literally you deserve nothing as a fan and as a consumer of media you deserve and are entitled to nothing the fact that scott snyder was robbed of a, of his cut because of an untimely death of a family member mm-hmm. is what people were fighting for people were not fighting for the movie that they want they were fighting for the movie that he wanted mm-hmm. and i think that for people to demand uh, re- release the remake Game of Thrones. No, it's over. They they made the show they wanted to make. It just sucked. That's not mm-hmm. their. They, they did that. 
Scott Snyder didn't make Justice League. Yeah. Well, and that is an interesting point you bring up. I, I think I think it is an important delineation in the topic because it's like if this is unlocking this new president, it's like, well, I guess, yeah, how and when do you apply it? I think there's certainly cases where it's like, it's just people demanding something that just doesn't need to be there and it's pointless. Yeah. And then I do think there's, yeah, I think there's unique cases like what happened with Zack Snyder where it's like, and in his, it's like this horrible, tragic, you know, uh, loss happened. And then his movie got completely changed and we worked around and all this stuff. And it's like, no, we want to see his movie. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll be, I'll be curious to see how different places handle it. Like again, I don't think just because someone gets to release their special cut or director's cut, it doesn't for a lot of people they think it's automatically going to make the movie better or make it the movie they want it to be. But the truth is it's not, there's like a point no. there's like a, a very small percentage chance maybe or closer to it. But yeah, I don't know. I think I do agree. I think there's an, ex, there's a bad extreme where it's like almost everything that comes out, people are just demanding the true cut of it. Yeah. You know, it's silly. Yep. And so, like, you know what? There's one movement I can get behind. Release the butthole cut of cats. <laughs> Where were those cats' buttholes? Yeah. Oh, I've man, heard that's that like on Twitter, and I'm like, dude, that's hilarious. Dude, that's one. There's of like the a legitimate movement for the hashtag butthole. I know. Cut. It's hysterical. so true, and it's. I mean, I can't say I'd watch it, but if they want to release it, oh, it no, could help I'm make up for its box one. office. It could make what? up for its box office because people what? would. Uh, I don't would... think that it would. I think that movie's game over, dude. I'm just like, man, dude, you made the. Dad, that's a movie. That's a movie. That's a movie. Haven't seen it, but I don't. I don't think I need. You're to. good, dude. You I are think, good. I think I'm good on that one. I think I'm. I've listened to the soundtrack. It's not great. Not great. No, no. The people who are singing are they do a good job. Well, it has it has a great cast. You're good, dude. like yeah, yeah. No, Jason Derulo's in it, and Taylor <laughs> Swift, and dude, dude, you're good. Just skip it. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll just skip it just you, to be safe. You don't. You do not. Need no, it no. In your life, no. <laughs> Only uh, 2020 is the year of uh, the worst. Don't put that in there. No. Don't don't you don't need to continue it. No. Not with. Not with the cats or the butthole cut. None of no, it. No, none of it. None of it at all. Um, oh, that's a scary, scary idea of a movie. No, yeah. thank you. I don't. I, I like horror movies. I don't need that. No, there's a difference between horror movies and a horrific movie, and I think yes. that's that's an example. You know, horror. No, horrific horror. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, The Evil Dead. Oh, this, oh, this is a good movie. Mm, yeah. The cats. The cats. Uh, oh, in this weird cats. humanoid form. See the difference oh, with this. Uh, the stage musical, nope. and I only talk about this because growing up, you'd see the commercials for it all the time. Every every, every day, VHS ever released had a had, Cats trailer yes, on it. Yes, they always talked about Cats. And it's like, listen, when you're watching the stage production, all right, there's no weird CGI stuff. It's just real people and makeup in these kind of yeah. semi-exaggerated cat outfits. Is it, you know, to some a little weird? It's sure. weird, but, but I believe that way more. Yeah. Okay, get to this movie and it's like no we're gonna you know completely revolutionize how we shoot this and the motion tracking and instead of it being like oh i get what's going on here they become this weird cat humanoid hybrid thing that's um horror show it's it's a horror show it is it's like it's like uh it's like the fly yep it's like it's a cronenberg movie yep but without the yeah but like a bad cronenberg movie. yeah 
Not a carnivore movie with cats. Yes. It'll stand the test of time, but not in the way you think it would. <laughs> not the way it wants to. <laughs> it is just, Oh, I yeah. remember where I was when cats was. I released. remember it. Grandma, grandma. It is funny because I just feel I was like hiding in the bunker. No, the bunker. Even at the Oscars, like they brought out James Corden and um Rebel Wilson, and they already made fun of it then. Like the press for the yeah. movie was like them all just going, him. We get it. This is not good. You know. I watched a. I watched. A, do, you have, do you know Jack's films on YouTube? Jack's films. I do not. Uh, he's a. He's a YouTuber. He's a popular mm-hmm. YouTuber. Uh, he did a. I think it was one hour breakdown of the frame by frame. Like he reacted frame by frame of that trailer, and oh. it was. It is a heavenly. It's an hour oh, and something long. Man. Worth every second. Dude. Wow. Because like look at one up. point. At one point, it starts off like the trip. You remember the trailer? It starts mm-hmm. off like, oh, like ambient lighting. And ooh, things are running across screen. Like he's like, okay, this is fine. This mm-hmm. is fine. Okay, that's weird. Okay, that's fine. And then it like, is the cat person? He's like, and he's like, full stop. And he goes on like a yeah. minute long rant about this cat. <laughs> and it's horrible. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll send you the video. The video yes. is hysterical. Do it. All right. I have to watch that. No, it's just really dumb. Can... Yeah, cats, man. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> My oh. buddy John saw it in theaters. Wow. Podcast podcast co-host of Talking Trades, John, saw it in theaters. Wow. I I have to yeah. give John kudos for yeah. doing that. And um I'm gonna guess it's not his new favorite film of all time. It he said it, he hasn't had that much fun in a theater in a long time. Because he did hey. like a mystery science three or three thousand with his buddy. Okay, okay, that's true. Which right. might be the perfect way to watch that movie, MST3K, like, watch it like that. Yes, no, that, yeah, I couldn't watch that movie, like, full, like, serious, sober, like, gonna soak this in. If I'm gonna sit no. down and watch that movie, like, it's gonna be, yeah, with someone like you, we're gonna sit down, maybe have a drink or two, and just and we're make fun of it the whole time. That like, that's the only way. I would you, do that. Dude. In a heartbeat. That That's the perfect only way to watch that film. That's how, yes. that's the only way you could do it. It's the only yes, way. Yes, 100% agree. Yes. 100% agree. Well, at least, okay, on a brighter note, I know that I've, <laughs> with the superhero films, as f- looking back on kind of the era God, of we got off films, on a tangent, didn't we? We did. It's okay, though. That's, <laughs> that's the beauty here on the show. Yeah, that's the beauty of podcast. We can go wherever. It's a podcast. Hopefully people, who knows, Maybe it, it might have either sent people away or they um, were like, oh, cats, I got to tune back into this. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was only partially listening because you know I have to finish something I started yeah. because but mom didn't raise a quick. Oh, they're talking about cats. Well, cats. We're talking about now. <laughs> so, looking so kind of yeah, looking back on the past era of superhero films that we've kind of exited out of, and maybe this is tough to choose one, but out of out of this past era, what has been your favorite of those films? Dear and if you, Matt, I know if you can't pick one, you could. I'll let you do a top three. I'll let you at least do okay. a top three. Okay, a top three makes it a lot easier. And you don't okay. even have to put the top three in order. It could just be... Good, because I wasn't going to. Yeah. Because it, <laughs> number one, nostalgia-wise, is mm-hmm. Iron Man 1, oh, just because it's the start of, it's just, the, start of the universe. It's, it's fantastic. I have fond memories of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. But my top three are, in no particular order, mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok, yes. uh, Wonder Woman, nice. and Black Panther. Ooh, Nice. Some good and I think right Black there. Panther and Wonder Woman. I saw Wonder Woman in theaters five times. Wow! The only movie I've seen more in theaters was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which I saw eight times. Wow! Dang! Yeah, 
I'm like a big Harry Potter fan. Oh, and I'm like a really big comic. Book. I also yeah. my, so my tattoos are like books on this arm yep. on my left arm, and I do have a Harry Potter tattoo, and I have Batman and Superman tattooed on my other arm. Um, dude, I'm that's a big awesome. Fan. Big yeah, fan, dude, big old fan. fan. So I wonder a woman changed everything changed mm-hmm. the dc eu for the better it no was there's like, no oh, we question. have a chance yes wonder woman was the film that completely revitalized it and gave it the chance and gave the world gal gadot as wonder woman which is like oh, awesome so good like she's perfect she's so as wonder good. woman yes yeah. perfect and her theme uh mm-hmm. the hans is it the, no that's not the hans zimmer it's um it's a dj oh he's got like a cool name oh, oh my god. gosh you know who i'm talking about yes uh, hold on, Wonder Woman theme song. I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get mm-hmm. the freaking what's it called? I'm gonna have the, uh, the original one with Linda Carter. Uh, it's written by. Oh, it is Hans Zimmer. Okay, it is Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Okay, or is it? I don't know. Oh no. What's the theme of Wonder Woman? Who composed? Here we go. Who composed <laughs> it? Yes. Composed. Okay. So it's uh, arranged by Rupert Gregson Williams. Hmm. Uh, I don't that's re- not right. Don't, that's not wait, right. Wait, is, is the guy's name like Junkie XL? <laughs> uh, I- yes, Junkie XL. Yes. Thank you. There we go. It's him and Hans Zimmer together, or whoever. Yeah. Uh, that that dude. Yeah. That when that happened in BBS, I lost my mind. But when that comes in in the Wonder Woman movie, I was like, I have never been in a fight in my life. I would win any fight ever right now. If I had that music on right now, I'd go for it. Yes, dude. Like that's my workout song, bro. I don't even work out. It's so good. But that movie, like, it just hits. Like, it starts off with like, you know, coming of age story, fish out of water. Oh, light comedy, romantic comedy, great action movie. It hits. It's all. It does everything. Um. Thor Ragnarok is a mag- masterpiece of cinema. Taika Waititi. Yep. That was my introduction to Taika Waititi. Oh, nice. I was like, this guy mm-hmm. is a genius because yeah. he took a, a meh character and made him the best character. Yeah. It was a perfect example of completely, in a, yeah, a sensory booting, just completely reset it and turn him into why we love that character. That's exactly what that And I can't is. wait for Love and Thunder. I'm so excited for Love and Thunder, which I'm is pumped. the next Thor movie. I'm pumped. Um and then Black Panther, I think we've, I think I've mm-hmm. waxed poetic about yeah. Black Panther quite a few times now on this Fair on your podcast. So so good. No. Chadwick Boseman is perfect in that movie. Yes. Um, Chad, uh, Michael B. Jordan is perfect in that movie. Mm-hmm. You get the introduction of the phenomenal actor who then goes on to be in Us, um, mm-hmm. uh, who plays uh, Mbatu. I will get his name as well. Yeah. But that movie just it, it's so mm-hmm. good. Like it. it hmm. <laughs> here's the it's problem with that movie it's only got an 88 metacritic score and that's ridiculous oh lupita nuango's in it as nakia she's so good oh yeah. she's she's uh, an amazing actor Dane guira is okoye he's great martin freeman's hysterical mm-hmm. in that movie oh yeah um where is get some andy circus in that movie too yes dude he plays claw <laughs> so when oh uh also the guy's name is uh winston duke plays mbaku phenomenal oh he's so great. when in in uh in avengers 2 Mm-hmm. Age of Ultron, which is a fine movie. It's not great. Yeah, it's got the, some really good No question, it's the weakest it. of the Avengers films, I'd say. Yeah, which is still pretty great. Yeah. But when Claw is introduced, I'm like, yo, that's Claw. <laughs> yeah. That means Black Panther's coming. That's mm-hmm. amazing. I'm like mind blown in the theater. And then they chop his hand off, and I'm like, oh my God, he's going to get the Claw. <laughs> I was so excited, dude. Yeah. I was so hyped. Oh, gosh. I was like, yes, dude. Black Panther's a great character. I want him in the universe now. And yes. Then, I mean, he's... 
perfect. No, Black Panther. Yeah, no, the introduction of Black and Panther. And the soundtrack just... for Black Panther. Have you mm-hmm. listened to that rap album by Kendrick Lamar? I need to listen through the album, but the music, Dude, like the tracks I've heard, I am are just upset dope. with you. I'm sorry. I'm. So you haven't sorry. listened to that soundtrack or that that album? I haven't. I haven't Dude. listened. To the, I know. I'm embarrassed enough. So, to say. so I listened to the album before I saw the movie, and I'm like. Okay, this is good. Like, mm-hmm. it's telling a story. I don't get this story, but, like, it's mm-hmm. good, yada, yada. Also, I'm a big rap fan. Uh, I do mm-hmm. lots of raps. Big rap guy. I listen oh, yeah. to all of them. Nice. Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Macklemore, <laughs> you know, yeah. all the raps. All the no, raps. I legitimately, do, I legitimately <laughs> do like the genre of rap a lot. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of Run the Jewels. Check out Run the Jewels mm-hmm. if you haven't already. They're great political commentary rap. Uh, anyway, the Kendrick Lamar album comes out, and I'm like, okay, I'll check this out. It's really good, right? And it's it's... Every song's a banger, 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 banger. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really good. Then I see the movie and I go, I understand the whole album. <laughs> I this get is, it now. He told the whole story without spoiling anything. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, at one point, there's a song called King is Dead. And I'm like, what is this about? And I'm listening to it. I'm like, I don't get this. And it's like, and then it, at one point, the song says, all hail King Killmonger. And I'm yeah. like, okay, like, cool. And then when he gets kicked off the waterfall and yeah. like, I'm King Killmock, I'm like, that's what the song is yeah, about. That's, that's, so cool. that's what they meant. That's what he meant. That's what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, the album's great, which that's makes incredible. it incredible. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. Like, uh, three perfect movies. That's fair. Those ten are out of ten. Choices. All those movies. Oh, I have to. What even what's my your, I want to hear your top three. Yeah, I want to hear your top three. Well, I'm very curious. I can't. Yeah, I can't rank them. No question, Thor Ragnarok's in there because I sure all the reasons you said, and I I was a Taika fan going into it, but I didn't know exactly how. It so was you're lucky. You got Taika before, and that's I no. feel gypped. I feel like I was wrong. No, but hey, you can always earlier. go back. My, outside oh, yeah, of I Thor am. Ragnarok, I, I love. I adore Hunt for the Wilder People. That is. Just Hunt for the Wilder People. Hunt I haven't for, seen that one yet. It's the movie he made right before Thor Ragnarok. And it has, actually has Sam Neill in it. Him and this young oh, actor named Julian Dennison. And it's so funny. It's so heartfelt. And just so full of Taika's unique style. It takes place in the... Uh, like the brush. I think in the New Zealand outback. If, yeah. Makes sense. I mean, a, a lot of his films... Uh, or a number of them that he made before took place is in the Is he a Kiwi or is he a South African? Uh, he's New Zealand. He's New Zealand. He's New Zealand. Also, another film of his directly in New Zealand is Boy, which is a beautiful film. But Hunt for the Wilder People, highly recommend. It's just phenomenal film. And so, and Thor Ragnarok, it's all those reasons. And uh, you know, Zeppelin is my favorite band of all time. And so, it's not. uh, I I did not know that. It's not often you get to hear them in movies. Uh, It's become a little more leaning over the past few years. But the use, the fact that you get to hear Immigrant Song. And even just the use of it in that film is just so awesome and so fun. You're like, yeah, this is perfect. A, a song using all this Viking like symbolism and imagery put in the Thor movie. So it's like it's fun in the first scene, but then is I won't it, spoil isn't which scene. Song about Ragnarok, like about the actual mythical Ragnarok. I'm trying to think. Well, I know it's because it's kind of about the conquest. I think there's reference to it. I know there's reference to Valhalla. In the song. Yeah. They like, co- I thought they were like the, the mm-hmm. immigrant songs. The immigrants are the Vikings coming to ruin people. Yeah. And like they're fighting for mm-hmm. when Ragnarok. Maybe it's not about Ragnarok. But yeah. like they're referencing like exactly. the end Completely. of days. Yeah. They're referencing that. And so. Okay. Okay. So if it fits, it fits perfect in the movie. And then the, the way they bring the song back later on was just like sent me over the Dude, edge. Dude, I'm watching that movie tonight. I loved it. I need to watch you, it again. You've convinced me. I'm yes. watching that movie tonight. The movie's so you gotta good. Gotta do it. So good. Um, gosh, so what good. would feel the other two? This is tough. 
Um, yeah, it is. It's a hard question. I it's mean, just I'm maybe, so lucky that I, I've watched all the movies a million freaking times. I know. I need to watch them more. It'd be, I know. Be that's all right. Yeah. So, so right now you'd put um, Ragnarok in your top three. Ragnarok, maybe Cap. I mean, for whatever reason, I really enjoyed Captain America: Civil War. That might also. It's fall really into good. That top three. It's Civil, really Civil good. War. Just I don't know why I just got into it. Um, it's the, awesome. It's just an yeah. It's just awesome. The fight scene at the end with mm-hmm. uh, Cap, Iron Man, and Bucky is yeah. amazing. No, exactly. And then he, he le- that's not your shield. It's my dad made it, and he throws it at him. Mm-hmm. Oh, no! Oh. And to me, just the the way they approach that conflict between him and Tony is just it's perfect to me. I just the, the execution of the in the film on just a thematic and story level, and just in yeah. terms of the performances, like it just works. And just the yep. introduction and balancing of the other characters, I yeah. I love Are you it. Team Cap or Team Tony? That's a great question. Because oh I have gosh. my answer, and I have Ooh. never changed. I've never deviated oh. from the comics. Have I committed to an answer? I mean, oh, you don't maybe, have to. Maybe John, so. John Cap. is Team Cap. John is Team Anti Registration. I might be Team Cap, uh, but I I'm Team Tony. 100%. I'm Team Pro Reg. I'm Pro Reg. Interesting. But like, I feel like that's the one conflict and comic books where there is no right answer right yeah you can have your opinion mm-hmm. but both it, it go tony definitely goes about it the wrong way mm-hmm. but his initial cap is definitely the hero in that movie mm-hmm. but not because tony's wrong but because mm-hmm. tony is more violent yes if that makes sense no i think pro reg is a valid argument i think anti-reg is a valid argument it's really just who do you agree yeah. with and that but to me but that the, is a part of the genius uh, and obviously it came from the comic books, but at least in them carrying it over and executing it in the film, that's what that's a part of the genius of that conflict in the movie is whatever side you choose, you understand where both of them are coming from. And you can go, both of those are valid. At least to me, it's not oh, like, yeah. like, oh, you have a stupid like reason for wanting that. Like, no, yeah, I want to do the thing. Mm-hmm. The thing will kill everybody. But everybody. the thing is what I want to yes. do. Like one guy is clearly wrong most mm-hmm. of the time. And he, in this one, it's like, yeah, I, I agree with yeah. them both. Yes, and it's a perfect tug of war. So on a story level and as an audience, and, and you get and Chris how they Evans on it, it's like and his jawline, yes. and you get Robert Downey Jr. and his eyes, and mm-hmm. it's just I am, I am not saying that I'm in love with either one of those men, but I am saying that mm-hmm. I am in love with both of both those of them, men. both of them, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I've told my girlfriend, hey, mm-hmm. if. And this is when, you know, Chadwick Boseman, if any of the leading men from Marvel, like, you know, Rob Dunn Jr., Chris Evans, Chadwick Boseman, mm-hmm. if they come and they say, hey, we're going on a date. I'm like, I'm single. Let's go. <laughs> she knows. She's she, aware of that. And she's the, been aware. The same rule goes to her. <laughs> the same rule goes to her. If Chris Evans says, you're going to go out with me right now. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, he wouldn't do that. He's not a bad person. But he's like, hey, mm-hmm. do you want to go out? I'm like, yeah, you're single, honey. You go ahead. <laughs> the, converse, the conversation's been had. It's been agreed. It's been, we have lists. <laughs> we both have lists for men and for women that we are allowed. It's a hall pass list, and we both have five on each list. <laughs> I'm just impressed you guys have thought it out and made it as organized as possible. At some point in this podcast, I'll read you my list. Air <laughs> Jeremy's hall pass list. Get the yeah, salacious. We're, oh, we're it out. Salacious we are peak airing here. it out. <laughs> The people need to know. The people need to know. This is of vital importance. Um, so what are your top? So your top yeah. three so far, Ragnarok, Rock, Civil War. Civil War. Oh, third pick. It's hard. Easily Edward Norton Hulk movie. I'm, I'm kidding. That's that was a, it. That's, no, I no, like no, no, no. To be fair, I'm, I'm saying that as a joke. It actually, 
that is the strange part is the movie itself especially compared to the Ang Lee film was a big step up it was a big oh. step up John and I'll... I did a commentary track for the Ang Lee film <sighs> don't listen to it don't ever listen okay. to it but that movie we, we sat through the whole movie and did a commentary track it is so difficult to watch Dude. the movie is bad especially as adults as a kid okay as a kid like the superhero films are happening and i'm just like this is awesome i see they're making a hulk movie so i'm like this is gonna be great i'm ready yep. for this okay and here's the thing as a kid there are like good perspectives you have but at the same time as a kid you can watch some movies that are not good but you still have fun and enjoy them but this oh, yeah. hulk this Hulk movie was one of the first times I remember sitting in a theater and I forgot at what point in the movie. I don't know if it was earlier or later on, but I just remember sitting there. I was just like, I'm bored. I'm, this is bad. I'm a kid. All right. They, I'm like, I'm a sucker. A bad. Like I could be a sucker for a bad movie, but like I'm bored. Like I'm watching a Hulk yeah. movie and I'm bored. And I was like baffled. And then, man, it's been so long since I've watched that one to rewatch it. But, don't it's like don't do it do no, not do it to that, yourself that film was just a... they had two movies yeah they're like we're gonna make this one movie yeah both movies separately may have worked mm-hmm. they don't work together no and it just there's just there's just so you know nick nolte's in that movie, movie. did you know oh, nick nolte's in that movie that's so weird I right i forgot that oh my god yeah and then who plays the hulk without looking up who plays the hulk oh oh no i know i know his name do you i do I'm impressed well because i know eric banna because he's in Okay. Yes. 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 I was like, yes. well, I know. Yeah, he's another film. My IMDb, who plays, like, spin who plays Betty brains. Ross? Who plays the girl, the love interest, Betty Ross? Oh, my goodness. I know. Oh, no. There you go. You're not going to get this oh, one. Oh, no. I know. I, I'm trying There's to remember no her name because she's married to Paul Bettany. Um, okay. You did get it. Holy cow. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you that, man. Okay. I'll, even if you don't get the I'm name, I'll give you that. The IMDb, like, Apple spin wheel in my head, still going, like, I always know her name. Oh, my goodness. I feel so embarrassed. <laughs> Uh, well, you know that's okay. You did very good. I'm very impressed. I'm gonna. With you, and I'll I will give you. I will. I'll look it up, but I appreciate you, that. Well, I got, I got it. Hold on, because I, I I forget her name as well. But I I knew that I was like, oh, there's no way he's gonna get it because oh, because she's, she's in, in Labyrinth as well. She's in. That's what I was gonna. Dude, I love Labyrinth. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, yes. Her name is Jennifer Connelly. Oh, how did I forget Jennifer Connelly? I feel. I, I don't mean, know, but I, she's I, absolutely gorgeous, and I'm in love with her. She's, she's awesome. She's she's another just really. It's it now. It's funny thinking. Oh, she's married to Paul Bettany, who would go on to be Vision. Um, Vision. She's yeah. also in one of the later Marvel movies. She when Vision leaves. When he's no longer um, uh, Jarvis, mm-hmm. she becomes Jarvis. <gasps> Did you know that in the films? She, no. she is Friday, which is a reference to my, uh, uh, His Girl Friday, the movie. Wow. And it's played which by Jennifer a, Connelly. His Girl Friday is a wonderful Cary Grant film as well. But, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. And it's, <sighs> it's inspired so many good books and movies and TV shows. Every strong, fun female character has a has a little bit of a tie to His Girl Friday. That's fair. It's just a phenomenal film. And also Cary Grant is just one of the greatest. He he I think he's my favorite actor in that era, I would say. Cary Grant. He's just awesome. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you could make I don't know. That's hard. Uh Jimmy Stewart's really good. Well, Jimmy Stewart's uh, that's the thing. He's up there too. It's like yeah. Rear, rear window. Rear Ooh. window is really good. That's a top Hitchcock film for me is Rear Window. It's the best Hitchcock film if you if you ask me. In my yeah. personal opinion, it's my fa- it's the best Hitchcock That's film. That's fair. It's really good. A lot of people, it's so yeah. scary. <laughs> no, it is. Like it's just it has it's everything. So scary. There, there's a sense of humor about it. 
you have the romance, but then there's just such great suspense and tension to it. Like it's such yeah. a great premise. Like, yeah, it's just awesome. It, it, it shouldn't work in a film as well as it does. And it's so, scary. well, and especially a premise so like that, it, you could, it could so easily be taken and just made into like a crappy B movie. But then you have someone like Hitchcock yeah. handling that story. And it's just, it's just well, a you got fantastic storm. Uh, yeah. Oh, look out my window. There's something <laughs> out here. Oh, uh, Mary. Oh, uh, Grace Kelly's in love with me, but uh, I'm just going to uh, not care well, for some I, reason. My legs are broken. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got this really nice camera, telescope. That was real nice. Oh, yes. You're yeah, listening Clarence, to the. You got your wings, Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the best Jimmy Stewart impressions of all time. Yes. You actually yes, have a good Jimmy uh, Stewart. You do. Thank you, thank you, thank yes. you. His voice is. Uh, actually, I stole it from you. I stole my Jimmy Stewart from you in high school. What? I didn't know who Jimmy Stewart was, wow. and you had a very inappropriate Jimmy Stewart joke that was very funny. Yeah. I won't repeat on this podcast. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's nothing bad, but it's just like it was, it was a dirty joke. Yeah, like, ah, that's funny. Who's Jimmy Stewart? Who's Jimmy Stewart? And then I, I didn't know who he was at the time. I was like, I was an idiot. I had never seen. I still haven't fully seen. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. I need to. I'm a bad person. No. Um, and I was like, oh, that's a funny voice. And I started film. copying yeah. you. You were like, oh yeah, come on, yeah, you're my pal. You're my... I was like, that's funny. Like, I'm gonna start taking that. <laughs> wow. List. I'm. And I did. I'm flattered so but thanks. grateful. Dude, well, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, good thing. I I don't fully remember the joke, but I'm like, good thing. Oh, I I'll tell you off air. I will tell you yeah. off air. I'll, it's very stupid. It's not worth remembering. No. It's not no. worth remembering. <laughs> but the voice I still love doing, and Jimmy Stewart's <laughs> wonderful. Jimmy Stewart's so. got a He's a fun voice. He's a fun it's voice. It's a wonderful voice. He's a wonderful voice. Um, it's, like, it's like It's a Wonderful Life. Gosh. I was doing reference that Wait, Christmas movie that I haven't seen. Wait, what tangent Ooh. were we on? We really... We ran up. This um, is the problem because I can go there too, um, so it's like we can easily just go we down. We're talking about your favorite Marvel movie of all time. Yes, because um, we were and, trying to remember Jennifer Connelly because we were talking about it was the joke how about bad Angley's Hulk is. Yes, because Angley Hulk, bad boring movie. Even as a kid, I couldn't be suckered into it. No, nope, same. I fell asleep in the theater. Yeah, but the Edward Norton film, it, it's not the Very greatest good. MCU movie of all time, but it actually was a big step up. But then it's just that, it's the second MCU movie. I yes, think. that's the weird part is because. It's a part of the MCU. Tony Stark walks in. Yes. It, in the bar. Mm-hmm. It's the only time in this where they just like kind of, it's strange. I think if you buy the box set, it's included. I want to say, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I don't think it is actually. Yeah. I forget, but I don't think it is. So it's like there, but it's just not recognized at the same time. It's kind of yeah. retroactively. It counts. It's in there, but like, it's strange. No, 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 uh, no, no live Tyler and the rest of the no. movies. Oh, I wonder because I, I love I love the first Iron Man as well. Um, I'm a big fan of the Guardians movies. I actually I, a lot of people are in the camp that Guardians one is still better than Guardians two, and I won't try and argue that gar- like that that isn't the case. But for whatever reason, I just I almost feel like my favorite of the Guardians films might be Guardians two. I I think the Guardians one soundtrack is significantly better, but I don't know. That's f- good. Both well, the Guardians one soundtrack is killer. Um, oh, yeah. two still has a really good soundtrack, but yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, but it's, like it's I, second. Yeah, like I actually was in the camp because a lot of people talk about with Guardians too that oh well it's it's not as good because it just kind of slow like it slows down and just kind of walks with the characters a bit, it focuses more just like what's going on with their inner life and stuff. It, it's not as uh, fast paced of a film as the first movie, but which is true, but I actually don't love that. to have a fast paced film. Yes. Which is, good. that's what I actually loved about the second film and actually really enjoyed. Actually, for me, it worked. Um, let's see. Oh, hold on. I f- 
This is a movies with math technical difficulty. Recalibrating system in three, two, one. As you're saying, yeah. So for Guardians yeah, two, so you don't have to have a fast-paced yeah. movie for it to be good. No. So for me, I I loved Guardians two, and it just, yeah, for whatever reason, it just worked for me. Um, yeah, absolutely. So that's a candidate, and then, oh. The other, I'm just, I'm trying think, to limit it down. I think you should put, I think you should put Guardians two in there because you've gone to bat for Guardians two a couple of times in this brief yeah. discussion we've had. I think you should put Guardians two. I in think that so. Time. You know what? I'm going to. So I'm going to put yeah, Guardians two. Go to two bat in there. for the thing you love. Yeah. Go to bat for it. Dude. Exactly. So we'll say Thor Ragnarok, Civil War, Civil War, Guardians two. That's a good. That's I'm three good. Movies. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. It's three good movies. I'm pleased. Three good movies. I, I also three did good movies. I also did really love Infinity War. I will also go in the argument oh, that yeah, well, but I, that's like the Yankees of movies. Like, of course you like it. Like, it's because I'm. It's like, like yeah, it's like no, it's 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 true. Needless to say, but between Infinity War and Endgame, obviously, I love. I, I really enjoyed Endgame. It was really emotional, really powerful. But I make the argument that as a movie, I prefer Infinity War only because. Oof. Of the structure and pacing and tension of Infinity War is so well done. Oof. That's tough, man. I, I still love Endgame. They both broke me down yeah. on a very mm-hmm. subatomic level. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to tell a brief story here that is very personal and sad. Okay. Um, I had a fr- uh, my brother, one of his best friends in the world. His name was Ben. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, this kid was like he was like a brother like a little brother to me i love this kid mm. um, we were not best friends but that's just because he's my brother's best friend um yeah. i love this kid to death i would have di- i would have taken a bullet for this kid he would have taken a bullet for me he was such a good person mm. he would have taken a bullet for my brother um just an amazing person he was killed in a uh, a drunk driving accident he was hit mm. by a drunk driver who drove away oh, gosh. um on the Uni- illinois state university campus and mm. i i was student teaching at the time and I went down, and I was with him and my brother um, when he did eventually pass, mm. when they took him off, and he, he passed away. This was a few years ago. But the fact that he this happened, like, stuck with me. It was really upsetting. Mm. So for whatever reason, in Infinity War, when Peter Parker – and spoiler alert, I guess – when mm-hmm. Peter Parker was dying and said, I don't, I don't feel good, I don't want to go, oh, all I could think of no. was, was, was him. And so it, I was like – just ugly crying at this movie. Yeah, my friend's like that was sad. I'm like, yeah, it was sad. But like, I I don't know why I'm equated because they were nothing alike. Ben was nothing like Peter Parker. <laughs> I don't know why I equated them, but I, I did. It just mentally, it was like something. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe just because he was a kid who was going before his time. Yeah, it, it broke me. Mm. So that really, really still will make me cry without a doubt mm. uh, on sight. Then in an end game. It was the ending of a of an era, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then Peter comes back and is sad again. I'm like, dang it, Marvel! I know. What are you doing? I know. Why are you breaking me like this? <laughs> that was actually the first time I cried in front of my uh, my girlfriend, Hannah. Wow. Was was at that movie. <laughs> and so she's a, she's a person who's very in touch with her emotions. She'll mm-hmm. cry when she needs to cry. She'll laugh. At yeah. I, I don't cry much. It's mm-hmm. not, I'm not against it. I think it's, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. I just, I don't know. I don't cry. Yeah. I don't know. And we'd been together for like four years at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I'm crying at Endgame. Like Tony Stark is dying. Like his wife is telling him that she he can rest. Peter's saying we won. I'm like, I'm just like, just, it's so beautiful. 
like just sobbing. And she's like, she told me later in her head, she's like, what do I do? Does he want to be comforted? Does he want to be left alone? <laughs> should I grab his hand? Should I, should I touch his shoulder? What should I do? And so she grabbed my hand and I was like, stop it. <laughs> like I snapped her hand away. <laughs> Okay, he doesn't want to be touched. Cool, cool. He doesn't want to be touched. Uh, I just sat there ugly crying by myself (laughs) in the movie theater. (laughs) Uh, It is beautiful. Those movies are gorgeous, and I love them both so much. uh, They they touch a special part of my heart. Wow. But, like, I will never forget that. Like, what do I do? Does he want to be comforted? Is he, like, I don't know. Oh, my God. And she's so sweetly just, like, reaching her hand over my hand. No. No. (laughs) Don't touch me. Don't. (laughs) I don't want any of that. I don't, 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 don't even look don't. at me. <laughs> no, well, that's, it's, it's, well, I mean, that's what an amazing, powerful, like, just connection. Like, wow. I don't mean to bring it down. I don't mean no. to bring this down. Well, like, no, I, it's just, I can't, I can't run away from it. Like, well, it's no, just, it's I, in my head. And I think it's, it's actually a really powerful thing to bring up because it just is, like, again, even, even in a movie, even what's just seen as a superhero movie, like, it can have that kind of direct, like, emotional weight and symbolism and like speak to you on a level and cause a reaction out of you like you said you don't yeah. norm- you're just you don't normally cry but the fact that a film a superhero film like that could speak to you so deeply and cause you to cry is like that speaks to the power of, of the comic book films into movies like so i i actually yeah. think that's a really it's a really cool powerful story and you know I mean, just obviously, just sorry to hear about the passing of your friend. That's you know. Yeah, I, pre- I appreciate it. It was a few years ago now. Yeah. It was many years ago now, mm. actually. Um, but one of those things where you never forget somebody who has no. meant that much to you. No, I completely understand. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But so you, so you were saying you like Infinity War better than Endgame because of the pay. I agree with you. The pacing and stuff of Infinity War is phenomenal. Endgame is very much a bombastic wrap up to ten years of cinema. Mm-hmm. That gets all the the crowd pleasing moments. The, yes. the Avengers assemble. Yes, Cap catches the hammer. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Man. I mean, to, needless to say, what the fact that Endgame pulled off what they did is still an incredible feat. Like, I, I still am amazed by it, and so impressed that like not many other uh, universes or even franchises are able to do that to build up what was almost what like twenty years, getting close to. Well, was that, it at that point? It was ten or ten. Uh, years. Infinity War. What, what was, it was twenty. 10. Feels like twenty years, but yeah, it feels like tw- twenty twenty. Yeah. It felt like it was a hundred years yeah, long. No. But to build up after that much time and to wrap up how they did overall in Endgame is incredible. Like it was a mo- like it's funny because I I I remember sitting in the theater opening night, and that's one of the few, one of the only times I could think of like when we got like you know especially after what happens to Tony. Spoiler alert. Like hearing, I could I think, feel. I think at this point, the it's audience. on them for not seeing it. Yeah. Well, after Tony dies, like hearing the audience in that theater just audibly weep. I can't think of like another t- movie where I experienced. They all that. cried in cats. Yep. Oh yeah, that too. Different reasons, but they all did cry. <laughs> Lots of tears. It was. But yeah, it was. A, it's a visceral moment. It it's is a moment we all lived through together. Because Tony Stark became. I mean, shoot, we were juniors in high school. Yeah. And then both of us were out of school having, like, our own lives and yeah. our own careers. And we got – we grew up with this. Yes. My formative years, Robert Downey Jr. was yep. Tony Stark. Exactly. So to see it end was both uh, a happy and an incredibly sad thing. I and know. it's not like Robert Downey Jr. is dead. Like, we still get Robert Downey Jr. We're very lucky. But Tony Stark is done. Yeah. And that was a big moment. It was. For a lot of people. And that was not ex- – 
expecting that. I was expecting... I th- I'm trying to remember the other theories going in. Of, like, I expected Cap Captain to die. Am- yeah. mm-hmm. I expected Tony to retire mm-hmm. yep. or something. But not that. Um, no. No. Mm-mm. That was no. that was very powerful. But then, of course, the It was done up- very well. It was. No, it completely was. and Because then the wrap-up they do give to Cap is like, the fact that the oh. movie ends on that is just like, oh! Like, oh! Chef's kiss. No, I don't think I will. Oh, oh, oh and then it just shows oh. the two of them. The song comes in, and you're like, ah, you know, it, oh, yeah, God. completely worked. So, so I loved it. also the memes that have come out of that, like yeah. them back in time and like, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, the president's going to Dallas tomorrow. It's 1963. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Dude. The, yeah. What a, what a good way to end. Yeah. Chris. It's a part of Robert. Dine it's Jr. a part of it. Like was emotional. Cause then. You know, thinking about what this next phase of the MCU is going to be like, I mean, I am curious and excited, um, but at the same time, it's like after after ten years of what they accomplished, and after after an ending to an era like that, it does make a part of me feel like feels a little nervous, only because it's like they just pulled that off so well. You know, it's like yeah. what it, can they oh, follow it up? Yeah. You know, and not, and not to try and be negative, like, oh, how could they do it again? It just is like, dang, that was, you know. I'm excited. I, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, it was, uh, I, and it kind of leads into how you feel about it. And we can focus specifically the MCU, but you, how you feel about the next phase overall. And it could, you know, mixture of the TV shows as well, because obviously the series that they're going to be doing on Disney Plus is going to be a crucial part to kind of their next phase. I think that uh yeah I think that we're gonna start to see the Marvel Cinematic Universe become the Marvel Universe period mm-hmm. and I think that we're gonna see the the shows are gonna be really important like Cap and Winter Soldier or Falcon and Winter Soldier is gonna I think is gonna do- talk about Falcon becoming Captain America mm-hmm. and dealing with that especially in today's society mm-hmm. with the you know he'll he'll deal with like police brutality he'll mm-hmm. deal with like Black Lives Matter yeah it's gonna be super powerful and uh, more Sebastian Stan is never a bad thing. That's true. I think that you're going to see some of that. I think we're going to see new heroes coming yeah. in. I think we're going to see... Um, I hope... I really hope we get the Fantastic Four in a good movie finally. I know. Um, that would be, be so good. welcome. Someone who I respect a whole lot... Uh, uh, I'm going to. I'm going to say a thing that I didn't think I would say. <laughs> I watched a TikTok <laughs> involving a guy, and he talks about comic book media, and he talked about how... The X-Men have always been an allegory for um, difference, mm-hmm. for looking different, feeling different. Right? Yeah. And what's what's more of a of a political and social issue than black uh, black lives being taken out by police brutality? Mm-hmm. Right. How do you not set up the act because the X-Men are coming to the Marvel Universe? How yeah. Do you not set that up using the actual political climate of today of. A, a young mutant protesting in the streets is gunned down. Hmm. X Men, X Men. Here's the first X Men movie. Wow! What a, what a way to talk about the social issues in a way that one, no one can argue with. Mm-hmm. Two, it, it fit in your universe. Yeah, it, it opens up some. It opens up some new ground that we can tackle. Because like Iron Man tackled a little bit of the prison or the military industrial complex mm-hmm. and how kind of backwards America is in a lot of its ways. Uh, tackled that a little bit with the Iron Patriot in Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. thought that was really good. Talked about like war, profiteering, and stuff like that. Uh, Captain Marvel talks about, um, you know, women involved in various uh, aspects of life that uh, are seen as lesser than yeah. or are held back. 
Um, Black Panther obviously deals with racial um, racial things and like redlining and like black poverty and things mm-hmm. like that. So why can't the X-Men be the new thing that comes in and deals with that? And Fantastic Four, they don't have to be four white people anymore. You can have it be whoever. And you can have them deal with other issues that work for them. I think that Marvel can move into a new political climate that will be very powerful moving forward. That's interesting. I do, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I do wonder if that's the direction they're going to take, you know, especially after kind of this first phase of just focusing on really the just kind of the big mainstay like heroes that everybody knows to then it does make sense and i I do think smart to like yeah how do they and it would all have to be done with tact and you know uh, with thought like you can't just have like oh mutants are black now isn't that great like no obviously not yeah but it can't my point is that it could be done tactfully totally it yeah at the end of the day it always you know it has to be done through really strong storytelling but i do agree like that they can totally pull that off I mean, it is fair to say, like, you know, I mean, even Stan Lee's talked about that the X-Men were always kind of a vehicle for exploring those topics, you know, or at least, yeah. you know, segregation. Yeah, totally. So, well, and and you're telling me that Taika Waititi's uh, new Thor movie, which is going to deal with a woman being Thor, which is going to be dealing with Jane Foster becoming Thor, is not going to deal with some gender politics or some gender identity issues. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Of course now. it is. The man's a genius. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's gonna, it's gonna be amazing yes. too. I can't wait for that. Movie. No, I'm I'm so looking forward to great. that, I, and I'm, a, I'm I'm super excited for Guardians three as well. I'm just happy we're getting James Gunn's Guardians three. I don't know when it's yes, happening because yes. of the delays, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Marvel to delve into the horror genre too, because the yeah. next Doctor Strange movie is supposed to be a horror film, and now they got Sam Raimi on board for it. Yeah, which I'm I'm excited about Let's that. Go. And Doctor Strange is going to be in Spider-Man 3, confirmed. Oh, so, yes. I did see. I saw that news. Set it like up today. there. It's going to be crazy. Well, and then it's going to mm-hmm. be interesting, too, because um, is it... I, th- I think his name is Marshala Ali. Is um, is that his name? He's playing... Um, Blade. Yeah. Yes. The fact that Blade. they're willing Blade. to delve into Blade, I'm like, interesting. Yeah. Which, if they... Especially going to go yeah. the horror route or what kind oh. of horror route. I'm very... God, I love it. Very curious about that. And, um... Oh, I do have to say, after seeing the trailer for WandaVision, I'm actually like, I really want to watch that series. Like, it just... Well, and they're going to have her... She's going to be one of the characters, once the show wraps up, Mm -hmm. who's in the Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange 2. Mm. And I think that her powers will delve into the horror aspect. She is a character... In the comics, she has some really... If you're looking for a good Wanda book, Mm -hmm. read House of M. House of M is phenomenal she literally rewrites reality and it's (laughs) it's so good oh Oh, it's so good that's so all right i have to check that gosh there's yeah man so much to dive into do it make me i would greatly appreciate that just a great list all right well to wrap things up for for this episode for this part yeah it's a long one (laughs) dude like i was I mean, I was expecting and excited that we were going to get into it, but it just feels like there's yeah. so much to talk about. Like, we've been going for yeah. two hours now, which is... It's almost like we're old friends that haven't seen each I other. I know, right? <laughs> it's almost like we can That's have long-form conversations and just... What? That's deep. insane. I know. So, I feel like since... So we'll have to... We'll do a part two, I guess. Yes, we'll do... We have to... We'll have to do a part two to get to everything else we had talked yeah, about. Yeah, holy discussing. cow. So, to wrap up this comic book-focused episode first episode with you mm-hmm. uh the fi- the question 
I will le- the final question I'll pose to you would be yeah, what is your fa- what is your dream comic book film or even oh. even project it could be mixed with TV and film that you would want brought oh. to life. Ooh, that makes it better. Yes. Okay. What a what a cr- crazy question that I didn't suggest and this is I yes. know I, I had no, no idea, idea no this is going to happen. Anything. This is just no all prep on this uh, Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> 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 no, I, I have I have a twofold answer. Okay. Um I would love to see a season 2 of WandaVision. Mhm. Assuming that season one goes in a place where they can have a season two, yeah. where it's House of M. So House of M is uh, uh, Wanda uh, rewrites the universe mm-hmm. where everything is uh, the the the. So she's Magneto's daughter mm-hmm. in the comics, and the Magne- the Magnus family runs everything in this new universe that she rewrote. And mutants are either part of the Magnus family or they're mm-hmm. hunted down and, and killed. Yeah, like the Avengers are no more. Blah, blah, blah. But then you have um, Wolverine wakes up, and since he regenerates so quickly, he heals so quickly, his brain cells are constantly healing, mm-hmm. and he doesn't buy his reality is still the original reality. Yeah. He doesn't know what's happening now. He's unaware of the rewritten reality, hmm. and he's he joins the resistance to take down the Magnus family. It's a good book. Hmm. But I think you could do a show on that where it's like fish out of water, Wolverine, or some character. You could do whoever you want. Yeah. Hugh Jackman was a great Wolverine. Oh, yeah. And he's dealing with this. But this isn't the reality I know. I'm the fish out of water character. I think you could do a really cool show with yes. The movie that I will, if it ever happens, I will retire my eyeballs. I'll (laughs) I'll stop watching things. (laughs) Is The Dark Knight Returns. Mm. Not to be confused with The Dark Knight Rises or The Dark Knight. So The Dark Knight Returns is Frank Miller's magnum opus. It's the best Batman story ever written. It is Batman in his 50s. He's retired from being Batman, and he's brought out of retirement to be Batman once again. And that sounds super cheesy and boring. When I tell you that this book changed Batman forever, I am not using hyperbole. It has some of the best uh, uh, quotes from it. It Mm. has some of the best visual. All of your favorite Batman things you've seen are because of this book. Yep. The, the lines that stick out to me are uh, he, he puts on the bat suit again for the first time in like 30 years. And he's, he jumps out across the city and, he's like, and he says, the rain is a baptism on my chest. Oh, my Ooh! God. Oh, oh. And the other line is there's other two other lines. The opening scene, he's driving a race car and he's like way pushing it past his limits. And he's going to die. Like the, the car is going to blow up. And he says, this would be a good death. Not good enough. <laughs> he does the race. And the last line I'll tell you is. He's fighting the main bad guy of the first part of the book. And he had previously gotten his butt kicked by said bad guy. And he's Mm -hmm. winning this fight. And they're fighting in a mud pit. (laughs) And Batman says, this isn't a mud pit. It's an operating table. And then he punches him (laughs) in the face. And I'm the surgeon. Oh, Oh, oh my god, it's so good. Did they ever make... They made an animated movie. I've I've actually seen the animated movie. With Peter Weller yeah, as Batman, yeah. does oh, RoboCop does an amazing job as Batman. Yes. If they ever made that movie, movie with like I don't know, I, I'm just Michael Keaton, <laughs> I would lose my oh, mind, dude. That's an amazing oh. choice. It's oh, I have to mm. be careful how much to spill with you saying that because it's like oh, if I well, I, there's two Batman things. I would want to mm-hmm. make in the future. Yes. Uh, one of them, they connect one of them in the G- TV realm and the other is in the film realm. 
and may or yes. may not have to do with the that the Dark Knight Returns the greatest era book of all time, Batman. <laughs> so, but oh yes, Matthew, I need to hear this off. off yes, mic. I was about to say, I'm like, because who knows? But I'm like, if there's two Dream Batman projects that go together, if you ever make either of those things. Yes. I need you to figure out a way to get me into SAG yes. and hire me in yes. some capacity. Yeah. Oh, dude, there's me. no question. Just let me be there. Dude, you're going to be, be there to hang out. You will be a part of that. There's no There's no. Let doubt. me be the guy who walks in and goes, hey, Bruce Wayne, I got to see a pizza here. <laughs> and then gets murdered by the Joker. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Take whatever scene. We'll make it happen. Whatever. I, I don't care. I'll be a dead body. Oh, yeah. I'll pose nude. I don't care. <laughs> I won't do that part. But you never know. <laughs> whatever sells more tickets. So listen. Whatever's going to get butts in seats. <laughs> that is what we will do with this. That's what we will do. That's what we'll do. Matt, uh, thanks thanks so much for having me on this comic book episode. I look forward to to the part two, which I'm sure we'll be recording here in just a yes. moment. But thank you very much. This is really fun talking about comics with you. This is good. Dude, thank you so much for co- – like, I have just have been so excited to finally have you on the show. And th- that's what I loved, you know, because I know for you, you know, you're normally not in the realms of doing, like, movie podcasts and stuff. But to me, like, you're you have just a love for media and your comic book knowledge and passion, like – it just made this conversation about it with film just really fun and enriching. So thank you for coming on and doing this. And we clearly have more we're going to talk about, but that's going to, we'll, we'll do it part two. So you're not sitting here listening to like a, that'll be next week. Yeah. Next week. (laughs) Next week. Episode five and a half. (laughs) Episode 5.7. So no, thank you. That'll be fun. That's going to be fun. So, no, thank you for joining us for this episode, and and get ready, listeners, because he's going to be on next week's episode as well. I'll plug all my socials and stuff in the next yes. episode. Okay, well, we'll, yeah, we'll do all that, and we'll I can. You got to wait a whole week to find me on Twitter, people. Yes, and I can put something on the front or, or back end of this episode, so we'll 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 figure it out. Okay, so sounds good. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> thank right. you. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Hey there, folks. Uh, It's a little bit of a double uh, goodbye farewell, just because, uh, unfortunately, at the end of part one, I mistakenly forgot to ask Jeremy to shout out his social media, so where you can find and follow him. So to those of you interested, uh, if you want to follow Jeremy on Instagram, you can find him with his username is at Jeremy103149, all one word. And if you want to find him on Twitter, he is at LizardKing27. And then to those of you who want to tune in to uh, his podcast, he co-hosts with uh, Jonathan and Matt, which I highly recommend. It is an awesome show. Uh, the name of the show is Talk in Trades. So they are on, I think, pretty much every you know main social media. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere you find podcasts. It is the word talk, the letter N, and the word trades. So for the usernames, you just make it all one word and that's where you can find them. So again, it was just awesome having Jeremy on the show today. Uh, he's just, again, one of the coolest dudes and yeah, go uh, check out his stuff cause it's pretty sweet. So uh, once again, uh, thank you for joining today and uh, remember movies matter and so do you. So take care. Bye folks. Movies of Matt. Movies of Matt. Movies, movies, movies of Matt. 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 Movies of Matt.